How are you? I'm good. <laughs> so, uh, what I was going to say about Max Weinberg was he's actually responsible pretty much for why Slipknot's drummer is who he is right now because they played on the Conan O'Brien show back in 99 when Slipknot's first album came out and uh, Max Weinberg came home and his son was like 13 at the time and he's like or maybe even younger maybe like 10 he's like you have to see this band <laughs> that just played on our show they're ridiculous so he showed him and his son immediately became a fan and then like the next time they were in LA they got backstage passes and and Jay Weinberg his son met the band and at that point they were you know he came up he was like he actually had a relationship with the band so when they when their drummer when Slipknot's drummer Joey Jordison quit they had an actual they were like well let's we should probably talk to Jay Weinberg and that's when they flew him in and surprised him with an audition <laughs> like oh yeah by the way you're auditioning for Slipknot it's crazy what so, I think I remember when they played on Conan you've probably seen it yeah it's, it's Wade they played Wade and yeah, they played Wade and Yeah. Yeah. Watched that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah. So to answer your question, Keith, no, I I have not prepared anything. This is completely stream of consciousness. Stream of consciousness. <laughs> yeah, but did, did you uh did you at least like, you know, we all discussed beside yourself who we were going to bring. Did you grab any tracks? maybe your favorites from some of these artists nah. that you thought might I'll let be you guys lead the way on that. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cause, uh, <laughs> I mean, I have plenty from Corey Taylor, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you read any of his books? <laughs> Corey Taylor. I've read, I've read his first book. You know, I have not. That's the only one I've read, but yeah. Okay. So you get something. Yeah. I read that a few years ago. I finished I the Dave Mustaine audio book today. It's a good book. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. I flew yeah. through that book. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, literally I that. I don't think there's a Les Claypool book. I don't know. <laughs> uh, or his movie. <laughs> he has a movie? Probably, uh, yes, he's got a Oh, he's got a movie. It's uh, pretty much Spinal Tap uh, version on, like, kind of, I guess, maybe folksy prog rock band. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I, I never heard of it before. All right. I mean, just going over everything he's done. I mean, I didn't even know he was in like a third of the bands that he's actually. Yeah, in. It doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> no, yeah, I, yeah. It, I know of like four. Yeah. I think <laughs> there's like there's seriously there's like nine or I mean it, not only nine that he is like you know the main guy of but also like a handful that he just kind of shows up and yeah. jams with. It's, it's, a, it's kind of we should absurd. probably start the show. <laughs> Eh, we get around to it eventually. <laughs> yeah. You just put the intro in whenever you feel like, though, right? Yeah, but that's kind of a signifier that we got actually, you know. Gotta... Well, I, <laughs> I am changing my guy. Oh, last uh, minute, you're just gonna change. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Then we should start. All right. <laughs> When a form of music that our children like becomes linked with ghoulish images and violent theatrics, it demands our attention. Hundreds of thousands of teenagers are locked onto so-called heavy metal music. I grew up metalhead. I love 80s. Yeah! 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 80s metal, like Metallica. Yeah! 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 How much more black could this be? And the answer is 
None. None for black. Gotta turn it up. It's gonna be abrasive. It's gonna be sickening. It's gonna be hard to listen to. It's gonna be aggressive. And it's gonna fucking kick you in the fucking balls of the pussy. I mean, it might kick you in the balls and or pussy, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe it'll just, maybe just tickle them. Maybe, maybe graze. <laughs> that, just, that just grazed my balls. Ooh, that's worse. <laughs> that, that just grazed my, oh. Mm. That's worse. <laughs> so, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I'm Eric, and Tim's here, and Joe's here, and Keith's here, and we're all here. Uh, somewhere in time Hello. podcast um and we're veering off topic big time um this is not a 1989 <laughs> this is not a 1983 this is not a 88 this is a a very special somewhere in time podcast <laughs> <laughs> it's uh we're all gonna talk okay. about some musicians we love so you we may want to listen with your parents special, all right. one, yeah yeah some lessons will be learned on this one <laughs> like when family ties like when they book club <laughs> Or Silver Spoon. Was it Silver Spoons? I think so. I don't remember. Oh, was that that the big tearjerker where I can't Mm -hmm. kill a living creature? (laughs) Well, we're not going to talk about that. Maybe. Well, you just did. did. So, yeah, we're going to talk about some of our hand-picked favorite musicians. Um, Each one of us picked a a person that we would like to highlight as um, one of our favorite musicians, artists. Um, So... uh, I have chosen Corey Taylor from Slipknot and Stone Sour and and solo projects and all sorts of other shit. All kinds of uh, Tim? Uh, I chose Lars Ulrich from Metallica. Shocker. Yeah. Maybe out of laziness, but hey, well. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I chose Joe. Dave Mustaine because he's topical and controversial. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I chose uh, Les Claypool of uh, Primus and Duo de Twang and Colonel Les Claypool. Uh, He's in that band? Uh, Brigade, uh, Oysterhead. Oysterhead, that's what I know. Uh, sausage, Blind Illusion. Blind Illusion, I know that one too. I'm, I mean, there's like 18 more of them. I, so, Yeah, I knew three of those. And Tom Waits somewhere in there. Really? Well, I, knew, I guess I knew four of them. Yeah. Well, what about the uh, the John Lennon one too, right? The, oh, and, and yes, and the Claypool Lennon Delirium um, Order. Delirium yeah. Project. Oh, yeah. Which I, I listened to half of that album. I never got around to listening to the rest of it. It was not I, bad. I, I got, I've, I've listened to it a, a couple times so far. We'll, we'll discuss that eventually. Sure. Uh, what, uh, I mean, well, actually, no, I'm, I'm totally kidding. I mean, my, uh, the guy I'm doing is Pete Loran. <laughs> Wait. Who? Who? <laughs> Who? The lead singer of Trister. <laughs> Wrong. Oh. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Should have seen that one coming. So which is I wish, I wish I had thought to do that before I even mentioned Les. Uh, that's right. Uh, no, I actually uh, will be talking about Les because I do not care about Trister. You don't? No, sorry. Sure, you don't. <laughs> you bring him up a lot. I'm just not a big <laughs> metal fan. No, no, I... Uh, <laughs> I mentioned, I mentioned him once, and you guys somehow didn't remember that band. So who shall we start with? Uh, this isn't like a you know, this isn't like a band thing where we can say, "Well, this is the, you know, the lesser of the 
the four or yeah. whatever. So yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. there's no I know, starter here. I know we should end with Lars because Keith will have more beer in him by then. Oh Jesus! Oh. Say, Fuck <laughs> Lars more. Often. And I think why don't we? If Lars is at the end, I think Mustaine should go okay. just before him. Well, how about, how about let's correlation. go ahead and start with Les, just because. Um, you know, I'm getting my ass kicked at work, so I maybe not have prepared enough content. And there's just so much to talk about this guy. Sure. The main reason I wanted to bring him up is, you know, for this show, as most of you know that are listening, we got two bassists, a guitarist, and a drummer on here. Mm-hmm. As it and, should uh, be. I think I've referenced, I've referenced, I've, I feel the effect of Eddie Van Halen on, uh, uh, on, on, you know, the musicianship of guitar uh, and, and his effect and how he pretty much changed. The technique of, of how all uh, guitar players today play the guitar. Yeah. Less is kind mm-hmm. of different in the fact that I don't think anybody could replicate his technique. Uh, the guy flat out, I feel like, you know, when, when Alternative hit, most of all those Alternative bands really were just playing slower metal. And instead of having vocalists go for high range, they were just singing in tenor or alto, uh, you know, levels. Uh Primus was one of those bands that fucking hell. I, it was one of those bands when I went out, I heard uh, Jerry was a race car driver, mm-hmm. went out and bought uh, Sailing the Seas of Cheese, was like, yeah, fuck yeah, this is awesome, I'm gonna throw it in. And I threw it in, and halfway through like the second track, I was sitting there thinking, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. This this doesn't make any sense. Yep. I don't know where this is going. Why did I buy yep. this? This isn't metal. This is this is I don't know what the hell this is. And really, when you look back at it. I've I've been reading up on you know Claypool is not a metalhead. No, he, uh, really, just it was never into any of that stuff. And somehow, in the whole alternative swing of things, they kind of got looped into the tail end of a lot of that stuff. And as much as Larry Lalonde used a, a bit of level of distortion, I would never classify them as a metal band. But no, uh, no. one way or another, <laughs> it's just one of those ironic things about creating something that was absolutely and totally original for its time frame, getting stuck into some categorization, which he, you know, would definitely never approve of. You know, Les himself would probably, you know. Well, yeah, there was, there's a funny story about he, he actually did audition for Metallica when Cliff died. Yeah, yeah. And there's a funny story he tells about when he went there. He's like, hey, you guys want to play some Isley Brothers or something? And yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but at the time, he was like, he was in that band uh, Blind Illusion. Which was a metal band, and I don't yeah. I think he went into that like he's like all right, I'll fucking do this, whatever. But yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, he was he was friends. With, uh, it was Kirk. high school friends with Kirk Hammett. Yeah, yeah. So actually, Kirk is the one who's like, hey man, come on, you got to audition. And I found out. So, I found out Kirk produced the Blind Illusion album. Did you know that? Yeah. No, I had no idea. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. You knew that, Tim? Yeah. Well, oh, because of course, last yeah. year we were talking about Bay Area stuff, and that was just in the list of. Weird oh, things because okay. we discovered that band like last year. I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. Last I, year, so. I had no idea who they were. <laughs> so I discovered them this week. Yeah, so I was no. like, "This is this is Les Claypool. What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah I think we. I mean, we kind of touched on this a couple weeks ago when we talked, or a couple episodes ago when we talked about Faith No More. We got um, the real thing and Frizzle Fry at the same time. It was another yeah. our cousin in law Todd. Uh, two albums we got at the same time. We both. Both albums we were not fans of at first. No. Because when we heard Frizzle Fire, we we're like, what the fuck is this? It's kind of like what yep. you said, Keith. It's like, what am I listening to? Like, yeah. this yeah. is not metal. This is not, what is, I don't like yeah, What this. is it? it was, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like, our brains were like, no. <laughs> it's, it's not. It does not equate. Does not I don't compute. Know what <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we were, you know, I said at the time, the only song we liked was um, 
too many puppies. Uh, too, too many puppies because it was yeah. kind of heavy. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, like there'd always be like some kind of like the bridge in the middle, which all of a sudden somebody would slam a, a distortion pedal, right. and all of a sudden you'd see mosh pits. And like uh, reading some interviews, you know, over the, the past little while since we decided to do this episode, you know, he'd comment how you know mosh pits would break out, and he'd just love it. Because he wouldn't really figure out why the hell they were doing that necessarily. <laughs> but, you know, and uh, the, the one thing, though, I, uh, <laughs> right, background music. But um, regardless of, of, of what Primus was and what Primus really meant to kind of the 90s, let's face it, you know, all bands kind of go this way or that way. You know, the two original members before uh, Herb and uh, Larry. Uh, eventually came back after Larry and Herb quit, and then Larry and Herb came back again, and then Herb had a heart attack or something. Oh, well. Oh, really? But uh, they'd be kind of gone back and forth and back and forth, and during, like, pretty much, it was right around uh, 2000, really the end of the 90s, which, let's face it, we all know the 90s was a very bad, or at least the late 90s was a very bad time frame for a lot of good music <laughs> Late uh, 90s, they yeah. kind of yeah. yeah they kind of after the brown album apparently they were getting some pressure from the uh record label to you know put out something you know let's face it that would sell more <laughs> yeah and that that's never been you know less never gave it never got into any of this with the expectation one one that he was ever going to be successful yeah uh, you know, it was <laughs> you dream of such a thing but he just wanted to create you know whatever was on his mind and it, let's face it with all the different shit that he's kind of played around with. I mean, you listen to Oysterhead. Now, I imagine you three are not Fish fans. Oh, I have. No. The, well, I have the first Oysterhead album. I don't know how many albums they have, yeah. but I did buy that yeah. album because it was, it was at the time, you know, I was still in Primus, so I, I wanted to hear what they were yeah. doing. So I like, yeah, I, but, I'm fine with Fish. I, I just don't. Right. Well, Oysterhead, for those that don't know, is uh, Trey Anastasio, the guitarist of Fish, and Stuart Copeland, the former police drummer. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen, you know, live clips from that, and it is just, I always thought, phenomenal. I'm a pretty big fan of uh, fusion jazz, uh, and I kind of equated it a lot to that because, you know, they're just, it's jam rock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where they just kind of go off on whatever key, and, you know, Stuart Copeland, instead of, you know, hammering a, a his, his snare drum, is sitting there, like, knocking a bunch of chimes around. It's kind of ridiculous, but, uh, I don't know, enjoyable. Yeah, I could play a little bit of them, I don't. Let's see. It looks like they do only have one album. Came out in two thousand one. Seems about right. Let's yeah. see. I don't. I have no idea what song to play. I'm just gonna pick one. See yeah. what it sounds like. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> Let's see. Sounds like a mix between Primus and Fish. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why does he insist on being the singer, though? <laughs> well, at this point, he kind of has to. Like, I mean, Wait, was that Primus or the other band? No, that was that, that was Oysterhead. Okay. Well, he didn't have to do that there. I guess you're right, but I mean, yeah, Trey Anastasio could have easily done vocals. I imagine. I believe he does. Yeah, I'm sure there's some. I believe they swap back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, let's face it, almost all of the bands that he's in, he is the main singer-songwriter, composer, and producer, and all, you know. I like that guy's. That guy has a vision that none of us are ever going to uh, attain, you know. He can just, 
Well, we'll get into this with Mustaine a little bit, but um, his ability to play the stuff he plays and sing at the same time is ridiculous. That's insanity. That's robotic yeah. to me. Like, how yeah. is he doing all the shit that he's doing on the bass and singing at the same time? I guess it's just muscle memory you, at that point. Well, but. when you reach uh, well, a certain level of playing ability, your instrument, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it matters a whole the big lot. Thing it's probably that hard. True. Well, the, the funny thing about him is he didn't start playing uh, bass until he was 14. Hmm. Uh, you Shit, know, I started when I, I started. was 12. I don't know what you guys Four, started. 14. But 13. Or 15, Thir- maybe. 13. Yeah. 15. Really? Okay, that's my excuse. It started <laughs> one year sooner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but now, the big thing for him, you know, in the 70s when he was, you know, picking it up, uh, his main influences were all the old prog guys. You know, obviously, we're all well aware that Rush, you know, Getty Lee is, you know, now good friends with him and everything like that. But they're, you know, he, I think. Kind of his big influence when he was learning how to play was learning a lot of the Getty Lee stuff, mm-hmm. which incorporates, I guess, you know, Joe would say horrendous vocals with really intricate bass playing. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. That's the reason I don't listen to Rush. I can't get past that, the voice. It's kind of like King Diamond. <laughs> Rush is just too nerdy. God. I like a lot of their songs, but I just... I. With, and chill out with the bass, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's too much. I love, I love how he, what he's doing on bass, and then he's also playing the keyboard with his feet. Great, <laughs> and singing. <laughs> Joe's like, great, whatever. I think yeah. I like uh, Steve Vai's really good too, but I don't listen to his his stuff either. Well, yeah, like uh, you know, like there's there's a balance yeah. between how good you are and well, yeah, how good I, the song is. Yeah, that you said nerdy, and that kind of fits because it's you know if you're really really nerdy into the, the guitar stuff then you probably would love like to rush see just is, they don't have balls as far as i'm concerned <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have balls literally like his voice sounds like he has no balls Kinda. that's true <laughs> they have a pretty good drummer though. i mean yeah uh yeah the, the <laughs> musicianship all fantastic is yeah, yeah. what they do his voice is good i mean for I mean, like he can singer, sing but, yes but i just don't like any of it <laughs> There's, Even there's too like. many drum fills too. Is it, yeah, way off I mean, topic. They have stuff I like, but yeah. Well, I don't we, go to I'll, them. I'll pull us back. I'll pull us back. I was going to say I, I prefer I gonna... the Claypool Lennon Delirium to Oysterhead. I actually yeah. liked a lot of that albums. Hmm. Yeah, you referenced that it was, uh, or you kind of opinioned that uh, you, you heard a bit of uh, Beatles in that. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not the biggest Beatles fan, but I definitely see where you're coming from. That. Well, obviously, late Beatles, not the early. Right, yeah. This is pretty good. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. And yes, it is. Don't you look it up? It is the son of Yoko and John. Sounds like the Beatles and Primus. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, it's good, though. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um. Hey, Sean. When I, when I retire and can do drugs again, <laughs> I'll, well, I'll I like know. it better. You were, we were talking earlier about. Uh, uh, I mean, Max. when I can start doing drugs, not again. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking earlier about how, uh, like, a Slipknot just got their their newer drummer. Uh, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, two years ago. Similar. Yeah. Well, it's a similar uh, kind of story. How. Um, this band kind of came to be. Uh, for the most part, Primus was touring, and uh, Les brought his son along with him. Um, 
and I don't remember, I'm trying to kind of track back into my notes, and of course I'm not finding it, uh, who they were touring with, but somehow Sean kind of ended up, you know, following it around, or maybe even being a part of it in some way, and became good friends with Les's son. Oh, okay. And next thing you know, like, uh, you know, they start up, you know, talking themselves, and uh, Les is like, hey, why don't you come over to, you know, come over to my place, and for the most part, they got together and just wrote just a shit ton. I fathom it doesn't take much when you're... High as a kite? Yeah, yeah, doing <laughs> doing a considerable amount of uh, marijuana. No, uh, <laughs> not that band. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. Um, yeah, probably. So, Shu, are we are we good with, with less, or do we want to have more? No, I mean that's you know, I mean, I, I, the big thing I wanted to stress is like you know, as much as I started this off by talking about you know Eddie Van Halen and how his effect on playing, I believe like you know with less his talent level is just so far past. And I don't really think anyone can define his, his style. I mean, he uses right. slap, he uses flamenco, he uses picking, he uses plucking and he uses stand up you know, bass. Well, I mean, <laughs> probably true, but you know, <laughs> no, he does a lot of people. Does do, he? Okay. You know. yeah, yeah. Okay. Then yes. But I mean, the, the, he incorporates so much different stuff and so many different, you know, genres into everything he does. I just, I stand back from it and just am in awe of, of everything he's created. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I don't know. Did he, he influence your play? Good pick for. He he makes, yeah. he, I mean, I'm a shitty bassist, but. Did he uh, influence you know, your playing in any way? No, unfortunately, I was always really bad. <laughs> so I, 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 he was one of those guys, like, I just sat and stared at him like, nope. Not even going to bother trying. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, I know that's never going to happen. Eric, were you at the, I think you were at the. Leesburg gig of uh, Sam's house many many years ago, with Jeff Sigmund was there. Were you at that show? Probably. I don't know. Probably. Well, Tom was, but um, there were there was a, I can't remember the song, but S- Steve Sidley would he would go into um, I think it was Jerry was a race car driver. Oh okay. And the, like and they were just jamming out, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> Jeff was like, dude. <laughs> He just starts playing Les Claypool like it's nothing, man. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, Jerry was a race car driver. That was the first song I ever heard by Primus too. I had no yeah. problems getting into them Same right away. That's, well, you, I mean, if that's the first song you've heard, heavy that's, song. That's, yeah, that's not really fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. Like <laughs> I heard TV, Jerry was a race car driver. Yeah. What am I supposed yeah. to do? Yeah, yeah, I bought I'm the album. Saying, I'm like. The rest of it was like, this is not Jerry was a race car driver. Yeah, right. Where is the distortion? Where's that heavy part? I knew a yeah. lot of people liked him before that. I'd seen the, the stickers and okay. um, t-shirts. Yeah. And we all saw. Were they like more live, of a skater right? type, like type of bands? I feel. I like. mean, they're they're a Bay Area band, and I think they, yeah, yeah. probably yeah. there was some. Probably some. I never had. There. I never had uh, any like reservations about getting into them. But same with Faith No More too. I was like, I just fucking like it. It's Did you? Yeah. We weren't shitheads like you two. <laughs> Wait, it took <laughs> us like a week. Come on. Yeah, I know. It wasn't I, like I we just didn't like first it. long enough. <laughs> we like kept playing it till we got into it. Now it's Jeez. like, you know. Did you? Uh, you ever see them live, Keith? Uh, as a matter of fact, my one of my my first show was Lawpalooza '93, which they closed. Oh wow, so. nice. Yeah, 
Huh. Yeah, that I, I really love that. You know, I knocked out Fishbone, Tool, Rage Against the Machine, hmm. uh, uh, Primus, Allison Chains, all in. You know, yeah, damn, that's pretty good. Number one, <laughs> that was a yeah. good lineup. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we all we, we saw, saw them. Yeah, we saw them in ninety through. It was the Pork Soda tour, right? 95, I, 94, 95? I don't know. No, Pork is ninety three. Both 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 of those years would have been probably still playing Pork Soda. It was ninety three or ninety four. It was the Pork Soda. Yeah, tour. wait, Tales of the Fishbowl came out in ninety five. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, a, yeah, I wasn't yeah. I wasn't super impressed. No, they were kind of boring. They were <laughs> yeah, boring I, and grumpy. The best. But the Melvins were the opening band, and the Melvins. Yes. Oh my god, <laughs> that was. Primus are a really good opening shaking band. Shaking the fucking. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I saw them. Oddly enough, I saw them with Anthrax and Public Enemy. Oh, that's weird. and they they played for like forty minutes, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they played like all their best stuff, and they even they even did like a little Master of Puppets thing. Oh, um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. They do a, they do a cover of uh, the thing should, should not, not be. be. Yeah, they do a really yeah. good job. Yeah, they do. Uh, um, is it NIB also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Really good. They play it with Ozzy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, it's just a little more bass. That's <laughs> no, it's a lot more bass. It, it's when they were on. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. they were on Ozfest. Uh, what year was that? Don't know. Oh, geez. Uh, well, one way or another, like yeah. it, reading an interview uh, this week, you know, uh, Les Flatout was just like, "Yeah, Sharon Osbourne was like walked up, just like, what the hell is Les is Primus doing on this?" <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, where do you put them though? Like, he's like, who? The hell are you? <laughs> what, what the, the hell, hell are you? What the, what hell, the are you? hell are you? That's right. <laughs> That's what we said that first time we played That's the right. album. <laughs> so, all right. Um, I think I'm going to move on to the next one. Yeah. Well, So, Corey Taylor, I guess, right? Yeah. We're going to save yeah, uh, yeah. Mustaine. That's all right. I tried to segue with that whole story of the Sean Lennon no, thing. Well, but, uh, it's all right. You could segue with Ozfest because yeah, to, to Corey Ozfest, yeah, well, oh yeah, Ozfest, Ozfest yeah. Well, because I, I don't know what Ozfest is even. You know, what? What Ozfest I never is. saw that bullshit. Come on, <laughs> that's what is broke like Slipknot. It is kind of what broke Slipknot. Yeah. <laughs> there was the '99 Ozfest. So, um, so the reason I picked Corey Taylor is um, I really respect and and look up to and and enjoy musicians who are kind of all around musicians and and can can do pretty much any genre and i feel like Corey taylor has done a lot of that and because we know first time tim and i heard slipknot i mean it's slipknot it's fucking awesome it's like yeah it was, you're blown away by how aggressive and angry and pissed off and uh, you know it was it was this song what is that Yeah. <laughs> Here comes the pain! Animation, what you wanna be? I can handle anything. Even 
So yeah, I heard that. It was um, our uh, younger brother. Uh, yeah, that's right, Kevin. Yeah, somehow or another, his friend got an advanced copy, and they're in his room. Yeah, and I remember playing. I was, I was, I was playing this. <coughs> yeah, and I was at, I was in the house, and you, I think you were in your Mustang, maybe going to work or something. You you came inside, you were like, "Come outside, you have to hear this." <laughs> that's right. I was like, "What? Goes, Just come out, you have to hear this." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so we sat in your Mustang, we listened to that song. I was like, "Oh my." God, like it was, and this was '99, and so it was at a moment where it was like you know, thrash was kind of not really a thing. Um, yeah. Pantera was kind of you know they hadn't put out um, reinventing the steel yet, so there was kind of a lull at the moment where there wasn't a lot of good like thrash type music coming out. Yeah, but there was rap rock. No, there was Slipknot. <laughs> oh, just saying there was. Yeah, yes, there was rap rock. There, there was, was plenty Biscuit of Biscuit was big in Biscuit and shit like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but so we heard that and we're like, holy shit, this band, who is this? Yeah. But back to my original point of, you know, he does that shit, but then he can also do, like, you know, he does shit like this. Give me a sign. Show me the Where I, I really dig his, his tone and the way he sings. Maybe tonight I'll tell you everything. Give me a sign. Show me the Maybe But anyway, so he can do that and, and you know he does kind of everything. He at his live shows he does a lot of acoustic live stuff and he'll pull out like he'll do throwing or uh, lightning crashes by live and um other cool stuff like that. So that, that was the reason I, I picked Corey Taylor. He's lightning crashes by live and that's a good thing. Is he right. somewhat of a is he like a renaissance man, would you say? I would say that. <laughs> He's an author. I mean, the, the guy's got a hell of a range. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. let me He's ask got, you this, because I mean, three, I'm not, I'm not a Slipknot fan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I'm aware, though, that you know, Slipknot formed and was a whole bunch of people. And Stone Sour <laughs> was its own thing. They were both from the same area, right? Well, yes. Yeah, so actually, Stone kinda, Sour was his original band. And they came yeah, out. Yeah, he, he formed exactly. them in 92. Um, and the story behind Slipknot is they were, yeah, they're all from Iowa. Yeah. And they were kind of a... They were a bunch of. They're the only people that live there. Well, yeah, <laughs> don't grow corn. They were basically all these different guys in different <laughs> Des Moines, Iowa bands, and they just kind of got together and formed Tim Slipknot. I and said, "I didn't hear what you said. Sorry." <laughs> well, don't grow corn. I said, <laughs> I said the only people in Iowa who don't grow corn. Work on tractors. Well, yeah. So they they kind of pulled all these different members from different bands in Des Moines, Iowa, together and formed Slipknot, and so. But yeah, he went back after Slipknot was successful and, and kind of reformed Stone Sour and started playing that. I remember, um, this is kind of random, but um, Stone Sour had just come out and me and Kevin and Randy, I think, went to see, my two younger brothers went to see CKY, the band CKY. I don't know if you guys know them. I know Tim knows them. I know them, um, I know them. What are you talking about? Okay, yeah. so yeah, that's right. You know. um, so we saw them at the it's 930 Club. brothers band, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, what is his name? Majera? Yeah. Jess. Yeah, Jess Majera, his band. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we saw them at the 930 Club, and um, we were trying to meet them because their bus was literally like sitting, CKY's bus was sitting right outside the 930 Club, and we knew it was their bus. We saw like, I don't know, one of the one of the guys with, with the band go in there. So um, we're just sitting there waiting, and out of nowhere, I think it was, it might have been Jess, one of the guys in the band, maybe the singer, 
takes a CD and he throws it out of the bus and goes, this fucking sucks. And he just throws it. And it, everyone, of course, runs to find out what it is. And it was the Stone Sour CD. Oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. And of wow. course, at that, at that point, Kevin was like, yeah, that sucks. I'm like, no, it, it doesn't. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> but, um, that's very random. It is random. I, <laughs> I, I will have to applaud him, though. I love the fact that, you know, let's face it, he was in one band. He got a, you know, sucked into a, a band that was already getting its legs underneath it, I think. But he really kind of bounced them really from being really solid on their own two feet to really having range, I guess. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. once they were successful, he went and grabbed his other crew that probably were all farmers. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they went back to growing corn and working on tractors. Yeah. It's just like, hey, guess what? I have a lot of money now and I can get you signed. <laughs> I and think, yeah. did. And they've actually been very, you know, I don't definitely not as successful Slipknot, but successful in their own right. Well, I remember so. the first time I heard um, Stone Sour was it was a song, The Bother, which is probably their most popular. Well, I don't know. One of the most popular. Looking, songs. what's the what's the looking through glass? Uh, looking, yeah, through glass. I think. Through glass, is, yeah, it's probably there. Yeah, that's probably there. Anyway, yeah. I it was at a time where I was um, <laughs> I was delivering dry cleaning actually at the time. So I was driving around this <laughs> van that had you, you know there was no CD player, there was no tape player. You had to listen to the radio. So I was listening to ninety eight rock, and this song comes on, and I immediately recognized the singer by his tone. I was like, I think that's the guy from Slipknot. I, it yeah. would be crazy if it is because this is yeah. like a. This is an this is a, a ballad, like straight up ballad, right? I think I had the same reaction, yeah. Yeah, and and of course the song ends and the, the DJ comes on and is like, You'll never believe who that was. That was the singer <laughs> of Slipknot. Uh, and there's new band Stone Sour, and I was like, What the fuck? So of course immediately <laughs> Let's drink some bows. <laughs> yeah, he does this is from a I found this live in London thing on YouTube. I'm actually gonna cut to the end because there's a really this is a really cool part with the audience. Where they sing. I'll keep There's no way. Check these nipples. <laughs> anyway. Where was that? That was London. Yeah. London. Americans can't do that. <laughs> so, uh, Joe and Keith, you don't know, you don't listen to Slipknot or Stone Sour. Not really. I don't. Uh, Slipknot's, it's a little, I don't know. Childish. It's a little too much for me. Not childish. I don't think it's childish. I just... I don't know. Okay, they're 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 just a little. Uh, it doesn't make little... sense because because they're because I love Mastodon. <laughs> that, I mean, there's something different I, about Slipknot's always, stuff. There was a the, you know a really good uh, documentary series <clears throat> that was you know on VH1 for a while uh, where uh, I forget the guy's name, blonde guy, and he pretty much went through all the stages of metal, and they did one and. What are the stages Slipknot. of metal? Oh, I know who you're talking uh, about. I don't, you well, know, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the yeah, name of the show. But but we'll tell you, yeah, 
Joe will talk about it later. But one way or another, they interviewed. Uh, no, no set it up. What do you mean? I, I, it, I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm trying to talk about an interview done with the Slipknot guy, uh, <laughs> Clown. Yeah, yeah. So they're interviewing mm-hmm. Clown, and his reaction is like, you know, we are war, and it's like, shut the fuck <laughs> up. And, well, okay, I'll admit know, when they came on. out and they were trying to make a name for themselves, they were pretty cheesy. Like, yeah, I I, I can see that. Um, and I don't. Another thing I don't get about that band is like it's a band with. Eight extra guys that are percussionists. No. And they're just kind of, I mean, are they like a vaudeville show that, that just they have, like bang on things they have, and they're like, Yarrr. They have two percussionists. They're, yeah, they're metal stomp. It's just two. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, is it like they've got eight guys that are the boss tone? No, 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 no. <laughs> so. <laughs> let, me, let, me play, let me play a song here. The boss tone. <laughs> that guy's the that boss tone. <laughs> Give me a second. I'm trying to find this specific well, can, song. I, I want to explain yeah, myself unless you go want ahead. to play that first. No, I no just, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, lo- I like them a lot in small doses, mm-hmm. but I can't get through an album without being like, okay, I'm good. They're, yeah, they're, they're pretty I, I, I can, intense. I can get yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's not a whole lot of dynamics going no, on. No, it's... You know what you're getting into. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of... And I, I respect what they're doing, and, and I... I, I the the new the new single that I heard um, is it coming out Unsainted. next month? Yeah, it's really good. But even yeah. by the end of that song, I was like, okay, I'm good on Slipknot for a couple <laughs> couple months probably. So I wanted to because the percussionist thing is clown is basically yes he bangs on a giant fucking like kettle not what is it gong no yes that. Fucking awesome! Bong. What? Why can't I, I don't think of it has a name? Why can't I think of the name of that? It's like a giant. That's like important. A, a, he's, he's like the triangle player. It's important, yeah. <laughs> so what, he's what the cowbellist, like? percussionist. I don't know what you're. Steel, is it a steel drum that he's hitting with a hammer? It's not it's a like steel a, drum. It's a giant. It's like a keg almost, but it's not. Yeah, a keg. it does look like a keg. It's a it's giant, like a, but bigger. It's like a barrel, like a big yes metal barrel, a yeah, cask. Exactly. Yeah, almost like an oil barrel kind of thing. Probably, probably used in farming. So they've got that guy. Probably. Then they have another percussionist, and then they have a, a DJ who does like scratching and shit like that. So here and there, also because the nineties, their their drums sound. I don't know. There's something about their drums that sound a little too. They're very wet. Yes, <laughs> and I question the. They are. I don't know. Are, are they doing a lot of effects on the drums, Tim? I don't think it's effects. I think it's just the way it's produced and mixed. You mean like triggering? Yeah. Which I'm not totally against. No, it's fine. It could be triggering. People use triggering as like they have a they they have a incorrect uh, definition of what triggering triggering is. I think. Well, there's a slickness to the drums that I don't know. I think it takes away from. Yeah, it's very produced. Yeah, it's definitely. I don't mind it. That's kind of their sound. I don't mind it. Yeah. Right. You're splitting heavy metal hairs here. Yeah, I mean. Ball hairs. <laughs> I still want to know what the stages of metal are. Yeah, what, what was that show? God, is it like 12 crazy. steps of metal? Or what is it? No, 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 no man. It was, you It's you would love, it's a documentary series done on metal that you would absolutely love. Uh-huh. Uh, 
I can't fucking remember what the hell it is. Is it Metal Evolution? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Sam, yeah, yeah. Sam, I mean, what do you Sam mean? Like, like, is it glam to thrash to? Oh yeah, go, does death metal. Glam, it start no, it starts with you know Sabbath and. Oh, like it seems like a time. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of does that. Yeah. I mean, but it it goes through alternative. It goes through all the the rap rock years. Is this a, sh- a show uh, or is it a prog? I mean, yeah, it, it was it, a show. It, it was. You uh, said rap okay. rock. I'm, I know you're talking. I about. Already love it. To get the Canadian, yeah, the a, Canadian yeah. guy. Yeah, I think it's yeah, 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 Sam yeah. Dunn. I think is, who, is Sam Dunn. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is. You should. Yeah, do I know who well, he is? Maybe he likes to. He likes recognize to, uh, him if you see him. He likes to pronounce the New Wave of British Heavy Metal acronym as a word, and it drives me nuts. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, he says new album. And, and, and I'm like, I want to punch him in the uh, face when he does that. Yeah. And he he does way too much of one episode about Nickelback. Technically, <laughs> what what? <laughs> Did Technically, to, for it to be an acronym, you have to. To pronounce it as a word, otherwise it's mnemonic initialism. Did you know that? I did not no. until just now. So he's Congratulations. he's being grammatically correct by saying new album. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that would make it a a, a tortured acronym. It's horrible. It's like when people say Lotor. Hate that. Who's that? Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. they say Lotor. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you with your Lotor. I don't think I have. Yeah, well. You know. That's the thing, huh? That's the thing. Those are your circles that you run into. All right. I mean, so, look behind um, me, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> there's one thing I want to get off my chest about Slipknot, and there's one quick story I have about. It's funny that I think you guys will get a kick off. Um, so the one thing I, th- I want to get off my chest is they're not fucking new metal. No. Everyone called them new metal when they came out. They're, they're not, not new metal. Fucking, if you you think they're new metal is like like the first Lincoln Lip Park Biscuit. album, Lip like, Biscuit, Slipknot, POD. Yeah, Slipknot. It's not <laughs> at all. You put like Slipknot. I'm not sure what new metal is. It is dis- is disturbed. Yeah, they, I would metal? say they're. I'd say they're new metal. Disturbed. What about corn? Because yeah. they get yeah, corn is new metal. Too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that, corn's, corn. a, corn's a difficult band no, to judge. Corn's rap metal. rock with new metal. Corn's they just had album. one album that was rap. Yeah, I mean the first album was '95. That was just because Limp Biscuit was on it. Yeah, exactly. The first album was 94. It's 90, that's before, way too soon. Before new metal, metal was even a thing. No, that's ridiculous. So They were the grandfathers of new metal. Well, no. People say that shit. It's, that's stupid. And well, they're right. <laughs> <laughs> what is, so stupid. let's define some new metal staples, like Disturbed, oh, right? Well, here, let's. what if we Google new metal? What are the first things that pop up? <laughs> it'll, probably, it'll probably have Slipknot in it. <laughs> probably. They but probably I don't understand will. what makes them new metal. They seem, they sound like uh, metal we've, metal. We've had this discussion before. I think it was through text not, or something, but, but uh, not, not in depth, right? Not really in depth. No, I think and it's, we have the forum here. We <laughs> we're kind of free form tonight. Yeah, we are. We're, we're um, it's actually it's a good somewhere conversation. In time. This is somewhere in time podcast mark two. So okay, <laughs> yeah, that's right. So yeah, you're right. The Slipknot is mentioned. Slipknot is in there. So you've got. Uh, Oh, new metal is aggro metal. Deftones, Lincoln Park. Umblots over the U. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Umblots over the U. Yeah. Okay. So Deftones, Lincoln Park, Limp Bizkit, Slipknot, Corn are like the first five I see. That's for, Okay. So I, do they have a definition here? Are you looking at Wikipedia too? I just pulled up Google and it's like there's a little thing on the size of new metal is a subgenre of alternative metal that combines elements of heavy metal music with elements of other music genres such as hip hop, alternative, rock, funk, industrial, and grunge. 
I, see, it seems like new metal was just like whatever was popular in the late '90s is new metal. Yeah, pretty much. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it can't yeah. be it can't be alternative because we had that at the beginning of the decade, and it can't be metal because that was popular a decade ago. So it has to be something different. Yeah, like when you oh, if you new say, metal, if you say thrash, sound alike. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you say thrash. You know what you're getting into. It's gonna be it's gonna yeah. be old school Slayer, Metallica, Megadeth. They Kid all have rock. a sound. Yeah, yeah. Time out. I'm, I'm yeah, reading the, the, the fucking Wikipedia right now. It's the got fuck? Evanescence in there. It's like how is Evanescence anything <laughs> like no. any of the bands we just <laughs> mentioned? That's so stupid. That's why there's not really a thing as new metal. I don't. It's I don't. Know. Stupid. It's silly. Stupid. It's silly. Totally <laughs> stupid. <laughs> all right. So well, let's get off that. We. It's it's fine. But I just wanted to say they're not fucking new metal. If you they're me. to me, they're just a thrash Godfathers. band. Godfathers. They're a modern yeah, they're, thrash band. They're modern day thrash. Band. I mean, if you look at Corey Taylor, what he's influenced by metal wise, like yeah, it's know. like it's all thrash. Yeah, stained and maiden. Did you know the? Did you know the oh, yeah. was occasionally <laughs> featured in new metal? <laughs> what? It's an actual line on Wikipedia. Oh my <laughs> god! Of what? The wah pedal is occasionally featured in new metal music. Okay. Cool tip. Close that. So what are they distortion also pedal? Used excessively in, in, in funk. Yes. <laughs> Good tip. Is a snare drum used as well? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. What the fuck. All right. I'm gonna play you uh, a little intro to this song. You tell me if you know the band that Corey Taylor is talking about. And if you don't, I'll I'll tell you what. We're gonna play a song by a band you've never heard of. Well, maybe two of you have heard of. <laughs> a band called Life, Sex, and Death. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the two guys on the stage. Yeah. Well, if you count us, it's four. So this is for the four of us. I was anyway, like, Life, Sex, and Death. You guys know who that is? Yeah, Life, Sex, and Death. Their lead singer was supposed to be homeless. Um, it's... He's in our intro. Oh, that's I was oh, going to say. There, I was going to say that's the guy. That's that's the <laughs> guy. That's Mama yeah. Drag. Yeah, Mama Drag. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. Gotta turn about. We don't even know anything about our own goddamn podcast. Yeah, it was coming the, to uh, The guitar player with a big herpy on his interview. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, it's not the. He, he plays a song called The Farm Song, which is on, I guess, Life, Sex, and Death. One They're from there. Iowa. Oh, Are they? No, no, no. God, no. <laughs> I think they were British, actually. I don't. Which they might have done in Farmers there, too. So. I, I just thought it'd be funny if they were. Like, hey, the other, one other okay. band from Iowa. <laughs> what was the no, band anyway. we saw we saw stone sour and then it was a uh, dirty little rabbits was that the band oh that, god yes that might be one of the worst <laughs> bands i've ever seen in my life that was clowns it wasn't side band it wasn't proper grounds bad but it was they were dancing is dope what was that song like jezebel or something yeah something. uh well, she um, got hidden. She got killed in a car accident. Fuck the blues was the big <laughs> hit. <laughs> Fuck the blues. Fuck oh, the God. blues. Yeah, but I, I met uh, I met Jim Root at that Stone Sour show. That's cool. Remember, remember Jim Root was standing in the balcony just watching. The yeah, band? I was like, that's I do. fucking Jim Root from Slipknot right over there. I think uh, so, the drummer was over there too. Yeah, I walked Roy over and said Mayorga. Yeah. It was like in the middle of Dirty Little Rabbit's set, so I was screaming in Jim Root's ear. I was like, I really like your guitar work. He's like, thanks, man. <laughs> There's a band playing right now. Why don't you listen to them? Because they, <laughs> they suck. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They were horrible. Oh, I was going to play this for Joe because I thought you'd appreciate this. Well, I took my baby and 
We'll see where he goes with this in a second. He closed the set with this. That kicks the Misfits version's ass. What? Beats the shit out of the Misfits version. (laughs) Anyway. Awesome. Pretty cool. I know. I love that. (laughs) Awesome. You know... I gotta say, of the musicians we're talking about tonight, Corey Taylor is by far the one I would most want to hang out with. Oh yeah, chance. Well, that's the other thing. Yeah, I was, probably. Yeah, I was gonna say like, I'm a, I, I really like. I'm attracted to musicians who I think I could just hang with and have a beer with and just fucking sexually. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> sexually? Yes. <laughs> sexually. I'm very attracted to Corey Taylor. I'm not attracted <laughs> to any of these guys. <laughs> But if I was, <laughs> it would be him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Dave Mustaine. Dave Mustaine. Did you, did you pick him because we've given him so much shit that we... Sh- we- Partially. I mean, I, I... And I think I'm the leader in giving him shit, right? <laughs> I think so. I, it's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. He asks for it. Uh, he he, he deserves the shit. He deserves yeah, so, the praise, too. He does. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he does. Um I mean, fighting all the. How do I, how do I start this? Like, <laughs> yeah, because because everything that's in everything, I I I give him credit for inventing. Yes. <laughs> well, he did invent everything. Yeah, I know areas. So <laughs> he um, invented Iron Maiden beer. He probably did. <laughs> so I got his. Uh, I listened to his audio book. Um, does he? Does, no, you said somebody else narrates it, but it sounds. They, they like. got they got somebody that sounds a lot like him to read it, which yeah. is kind of it was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't know if you've listened to audi- Audible books, but I have. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. you get when they get a professional reader, I guess the author is good sometimes, but when you get one with a good reader, it's 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 pretty cool too because he kind of do voices for the other. Yeah. The oh yeah. Like, the only thing that's funny if the, this is kind of off topic, but the only thing that's funny about audiobooks that I found is when there's. There's one reader, but there's male and female characters, and then yes, the, like a male will do a female too. voice and vice versa. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. you guys can just get two, you right. know, <laughs> genders. A female for this. voice actress. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's, it's so obviously they'd a guy. Have to pay them, it's just they'd, like they have to do royalties to that person. Well, yep, I know, but I'm a lady. All comes down to the dollars. I'm a lady. But that's what it sounds like. I'm a lady. I'm like, I am a lady. It's good. It's cool to hear the story, but yeah. It's, it's a man, baby. It's a- <laughs> yeah. what, is the, what does the computer say? <laughs> oh, shit. Where is that? <laughs> anyway, that wouldn't be a problem with the Mustang book because it's all a bunch of dudes and one dude. So Computer says no. It's one dude. It's one dude. There's uh, Pam and Diana. Oh, that's yes. true. But anyway, so yeah, I figured... Dave Mustaine, of course, uh, was it last week or the week before came out and said he's got uh, throat cancer, right? Yeah. 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 A couple weeks which, ago, I think. Which, I mean, you know, then you're like, well, fuck. 
not that we have a whole lot of influence in the industry, a little bit, but like, you feel bad. Yeah, yeah of course. It sucks. Don't shit. Because um, they have sucks. a lot of fucking great albums. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, yeah. And I mean, especially the last one was Dystopia, and that was really good. Really good. I'm hoping yeah. for another good album this year. They have a new album coming out this year. So. He got like the best drummer on the planet. I mean, that's that's one thing Mustaine just I guess can do is like just handpick musicians, and stick them oh, in his band, and it's like for one album. Yeah, well, yeah, practically. I mean, like, even, there you go. But even going into like uh, thinking about like what we're going to talk about tonight, I always thought like Megadeth has suffered from the fact that they have gone through so many musicians. Yeah, absolutely. Years. Yeah, that's his and it's part and of. He his- says in the book like it was him and Ellison were the officers. Yeah, of, uh, if they were an army, and then everybody else was the enlisted guys, and it's unfortunate because, I mean, honestly, Dave Ellison, he's he's really good at rhythm bass, but he's not he's not really a driving force. No, right, it's that's stuff, Mustaine's you know? band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not like uh, Cliff Burton no. or, so, or something. That's why I think so, like uh, that's why like Master of Puppets is you so disagree, good, huh? What? Keith Keith made a noise. Oh, no, I, I, I've always loved. I mean, listen to Peace Cells. I mean, just the the bass riff from that. I mean, why the hell did MTV choose that to be their news? You know, thing? I mean, <laughs> yeah, but know. Dave Mustaine wrote that. Right, that's a, that's okay. the guitar well, riff, the guitar riff, riff yeah. in the song. Yeah, he's just doing the guitar riff. Right, all right, I've, fine. <laughs> just, it's not like for whom the bell tolls, which is all Cliff in the intro. Right, right. I think that's so, why Megadeth never wrote an album as good as say puppets because puppets is four guys writing in a room together and mm-hmm. they're collaborating and you have Hetfield yeah. and you have Burton and you have Hammett and you have Ulrich and they're doing this thing and they made this amazing record and then you have basically Mustaine yeah. and it's limited. It's his own yeah. ego that gets how in the much, way. I mean, I don't, I've never even noticed how much writing did Ellison do on anything. I mean, I, he has credits. Yeah, but I mean, it's not a whole not a lot. lot. Yeah. Um, I don't, I have no idea. What's your question? Um, well, so, I mean, I guess this is kind of end up being like a book report, right? Yeah. But three of the four of us have read or listened to the book. So the, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it was Sorry. a while, right? Yeah, it's been a while, yeah. Well, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to shit on you, Keith. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> um, not was, like last was, week. You didn't do your homework. It was pretty <laughs> eye-opening, though. I mean, he uh, he's what – like, I knew he was complicated, but Jesus fucking Christ, he's – He's a fucking mess, right? Yeah. He, he's been through some shit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's not had a... He's not... He, I give him that. He did not have an easy life. No. No. Um, no. But at the same time, there's tons of instance, instances in the book where it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure, dude. Yeah. Like, right. I know. That's was, that's like... Pretty I feel much. Like the, I feel like the dude, like, that's that's like your opinion, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He is so arrogant and he thinks he's so intelligent. I mean, that's... Yeah, it's annoying. I think he's a pretty smart guy, but yeah, you're right. He really probably thinks he's twice the as smartest smart person as, in the room, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he does that and, thing like whatever I, I say is law. And it's like... And I don't discount the fact, right. like, the parts where he said Metallica treated him like shit. Yeah. yeah probably, I, I believe what he said about a lot of, like, James kind of being a coward. Sure. Um, James was painfully shy. So yeah. 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 So, I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Time out. When he says we talk treat him like shit, I mean, that's Lars, right? <laughs> well, I, they all kind of turned on him at the end. Well, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But I, I mean, James, I was, from what I was here is James was kind of like the, oh, I'm sorry. And then you get uh, him on stage. James? He's like, girl, girl. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he says that in the book too. He's like, 
he well, says that James uh, has built an image of machismo, but it's not it's not the the guy that Dave Mustaine knew. Yeah, but James has changed a lot. Also, there was a moment yeah. very early on in, in Metallica's career with with Mustaine where there's a story. I don't know how much truth there is to it, but about Het, or uh, Mustaine kicking Hetfield's dog. Remember that story? Yeah. Where, mm-hmm. Like it was out of our party, and and Mustaine was drunk, and he and the dog was doing something, and the and dog got on his buddy's car. Yeah, McGovney's car, Ron right. McGovney's car. That's right. Like Trans Am or some shit, and, and Mustaine like kicked the dog. Off. No, James kicked the, the dog. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. I got and it then it was Mustaine's dog that he brought, and and J- he said James kicked it, and then they were about they were ready to go to blows, and then later on in practice, they they I think. I think didn't he like hip toss him or something? He said into a TV or a yeah, table or something. something like that. Yeah, which I can actually I can believe. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, he was a violent guy, which is another reason they kicked him out. Like when he got drunk, he became a violent person. So you shouldn't kick a dog ever. Well, no, of course, unless not. he's biting you. No, I, I did kick a dog once because it was biting my hand. <gasps> no, that's that's perfectly acceptable. Scar fire this day from where a dog bit me. Uh, but just because a dog's on a car, it's, you know. But there's another story where. Uh, Kick the dog's owner if it, if you got to kick somebody. Sure. Let him get on the car. There's another story. Like if you watch the in uh, some kind of monster when I just watched this recently yeah. where where Lars and, and Mustaine meet and there's a moment where like Mustaine's talking about how he he was so protective of his bandmates and he he's like I I can't remember the guy's name. He's like I wouldn't have you know if it weren't you I probably wouldn't have broken that dude's leg. And he's like and Lars is like who are you talking about? And he goes remember Pete or whatever the guy from Armored Saint I. He he was yeah. picking on you, and I broke his fucking ankle or whatever. He so, talks about it in the book too. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's he he didn't fit in Metallica. No. It, did, it didn't. He was that a was ever going to work. Violent, drunk, and it just you know he yeah. was had drunk, and he didn't fit in Metallica. <laughs> he was a violent. He was drunk. a violent. He drunk. was a violent. Not a silly drunk. He was. He's yeah. a very angry drunk. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he 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 talks about that in the book too, and he talks about that interview. Um, and the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It might have been the epilogue of the book, right? Yeah, I think so. Because it was right uh, around that time when. And I, I tend to believe him on this, where he, he wanted to have some creative control over what was put out, and Metallica didn't. Yeah, really I give him a chance. And I, and I believe. Yeah, that, I, yeah. I, I think they're very dismissive of him still. Yeah, they seem to yeah. be somewhat. Yeah. Um, which I mean, that sucks. Yeah. Really, there's some things that are like, oh, yeah, that sucks. I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like Metallica, right? Like. This is my own impression, but like those are the guys that in your head they're almost like family. Like you'd invite them over and you kind of know what you're getting into. If they were to come over, you're like, yeah, that's the Metallica guys. Mustaine's like the guy that would come over. You're like, are we going to get the Mustaine that's like, he's going to punch holes in the wall or is he going to be cool? Yeah, to, yeah. Like you don't know. He's very volatile, but he could be cool. He's just but like. I feel like Metallica are the guys that are like, um, well, we need to poke at him constantly. A little bit. Yeah, they have a, well, they, they have a little vindictive streak to them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they did the same thing to Jason too. Jason yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were very. And he talks. Yeah, he's very. He's, he says that um, James and and Lars got very childish when they were drunk. Yeah, like mm-hmm. they they had really stupid pranks. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Well, I can tell you, um, our friend Justin uh, from uh, Metallica, local chapters of Metallica fan club band, Damage Intoxicated. He's met Mustaine twice. And it's mm-hmm. a, kind of a funny story. He met him. The first time he met them, they were touring on some album from like, two, probably might have been Endgame when they weren't at their peak of success. They were ah, oh, a good album, yeah. but they were kind of you know they weren't very popular anymore. They, you know, so it was this, 
club and I don't even know where he saw him, maybe the 930 club or something. So he met him that night and he was super nice. Mustaine was like really like engaging and appreciative and signed everything just in front of him. And then a few years later, he met him. It was around the big four time. So their popularity was a little bit more. And Mustaine was a total dick. Like, yeah. he, he went to, Justin went to hand him a pen and he dropped it. And Mustaine's like, really, dude? Like, some stupid, like, I just yeah. dropped a pen. Why are you getting upset with me? I just dropped a pen. Like, it's. So he was just. Yeah, kind of that sucks. Dickish. And like Tim was saying, you don't know which Mustaine you're going to yeah. get. It seems like. But that. Because more popular that be, he got is like, well, I don't need to deal with this shit because I'm popular again. You yeah, know, that could be anybody though. Right? Yeah, if it, you're having a fucking bad day, yeah, that's yeah. True, you're gonna come day. off. Everybody's gonna think you're a dick that you meet that day. Yeah, if you're famous. And I, you know? I, I met him. Yeah, and I he get was, that. You get in a fight with your wife on the phone, and then you got to go do a, a signing. <laughs> right, and you're like, yeah. oh god, yeah, fuck you, fucked. <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you met but, him when he was like blasted. He was. Yeah, I think he was probably on heroin because he was just like. Uh, just that was like eighty nine or something, right? Eighty eight. Yeah, it was just like yeah. he wasn't even oh, yeah. seeing straight. It was so weird. It was just like <laughs> and he signed stuff, but it was like he wasn't even looking at you. He was just like, and I was like, this guy's not even heroin. Yeah, he just wasn't <laughs> he even did a, there. It was weird. Like Ellison was really cool, doing a, a lot of stuff. So yeah. oh yeah, yeah, it was um, really weird. But. Yeah, because and and it's weird reading his book, and then I, I remember interviews I've read from the. Uh, late eighties, early nineties with Megadeth and, and as stuff I've said on this podcast about, um, like the band dynamic. And it's like, well, I don't fucking know what to believe now. Yeah. Like, because I, I remember reading a, um, interview with Dave Ellison where he's like, yeah, we were never, we've never been friends. And, and now I realize it, well, that's probably when they were like ice cold yeah. right, in their he, relationship and he's probably full of shit. I remember that. It wasn't like it's a business. It's just a business where we yeah. were friends. That was yeah. probably that mid early 2000s. Yeah. Where they, know, like, Ellison, they, they when he out. wasn't in the band anymore. Yeah. And yeah. He, he left for st- two albums. He sued, think, yeah. he sued Mustaine. Yeah. yeah. For writing credits, wasn't yeah. it? it Something it's like such that, a yeah. it's such a weird that band is so fucking weird. Well, <laughs> dysfunction. I, I know we're we're trying to shine him in a better light, but I I gotta say like, you know, there's so many different band members, and there's one common denominator here. Right? Yeah, like it's true. You yeah, look yeah. at the you look at the band members that have left, and all of them practically say personal differences or right. musical differences. <laughs> yeah. It's like or dead. Yeah, we're dead. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. 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 I, mean, I mean, look at the guys that that, that just left the band before the last album or maybe the last two albums. Oh, uh, the, Drover, the Drover Brothers? Or? Yeah. I mean, it's just like everything. They were finally riding the For wave sure. of the big four. Yeah. And those two were like pulling the parachutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jumping out the goddamn plane, you know? Yeah. yeah. Possibly without a parachute point, on. Yeah. I mean, like, they were like, fuck this shit. Yeah. Like, I can't do, I yeah, can't do it anymore. There is... There is the 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 least common factor. Yeah. In all this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. What is the saying? It's kind of funny because go ahead. Tim, There's sorry. a saying that's uh, you wake up in the morning, you meet an asshole. Okay, you met, you met an asshole. If by the end of the day you've met a bunch of assholes, you're the asshole. <laughs> that Chinese <laughs> proverb. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was gonna say it's kind of funny. I, I, I go back to that Lars Mustaine meeting from some kind of monster, and he's talking about in that interview how he's like. You know, you you crushed my dreams. You know, I was I was a young guy, and we were on the cusp of something, and and then I, you know, you kicked me out, and you guys became this huge thing, and you killed my dreams. How many fucking dreams did you kill, Mustaine, by all the fucking band members that you kicked? Not only that, but what the fuck, Megadeth to this day are huge. I know they were always they were always. 
I mean, as much as you know, they the, everybody. It wasn't just Megadeth in that like late nineties you know time frame that was not doing too well on the metal side of things because yeah. metal wasn't doing well at right. all. And then all of a sudden things came back. The no. big four happened, and you know now they're riding that wave again. All of a sudden he's an asshole again. I mean, you know. Well, according to I mean, you got to keep in context. That's one person. It account. is one. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, yeah. sure. Well, he, he's probably an asshole all along. To be fair, <laughs> I think I think we're getting off topic. Of, but I mean, um, <laughs> well, so if you look at thrash bands, when I was getting into metal, like Megadeth, for a long time was the second band for me. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, they were like just like just right behind Metallica. Yeah, and um, well, there, I mean, the Big Four is the Big Four for a reason. I mean, yeah, there was absolutely. Were, the big four bands that we were into. I remember getting uh, Rest in Peace. We got Rest in Peace. We, me and my brother, we got Rest in Peace and Persistence of Time. Yeah. At the same time, I think it was, lit. I think it might have been Christmas. Uh, what was that? Nin- 1990? 1990. Yeah, 1990, yeah. And um, I love both of the albums. We, we love both the albums, but we listened to Rest in Peace about five times in a row, and then we put Persistence of Time in. And then we go back to rest <laughs> in peace for like five times. To- like that that well, is still yeah. one of my all time favorite albums yeah. ever. I mean, well, it's just the Holy Wars. I mean Holy Wars is coming off of So Far So Good So What? And you hear you hear that after So Far So Good So What, you're like, Holy shit, they're back. I yeah. loved So Far So Good So What though. Yeah, right? I, like I so mean good. when I got it. I mean so I was like, fuck, this is like this is next level shit for me. Yeah. <laughs> but they had two new band members too. Yeah, Freeman yeah, and Menza true. were. I mean, they those guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, they they were actual like good thrash musicians. Yeah, right. they obviously right. had an impact. Um, but Holy yeah, Wars yeah. is like that. That's kind of their best. That, of is, best, that right? is a hallmark. Like, of that could be their best yeah. song, right? I wake up dead's better than that. Song. I would. I don't know if I'd well, say yeah. that, but I it's definitely mm, it is. I like Holy Wars better. Nah. It's more. There's more. Thought into that song. There is. It's more intricate. But Wake Up Dead has just the riffs and that those solos. They're just like um, fuck. <laughs> yeah, true. I was uh, <laughs> the last part. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. If if there's, Ride I think symbol. I've said this before. Like, if there's an album that I'm like, this is my favorite guitar album. It's it's Rust in Peace. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could yeah. definitely see that. Oh yeah. I mean, between him and him and Martin the riffs Freeman, and those solos, two. just it's oh ridiculous. yeah. And they and they play so well with each other with the yeah. solo. Like yeah. the end of my, uh, of Hangar 18. Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, you talk about some. Yeah. Like it's like, like the thrashed Freebird. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's some <laughs> yeah, dueling right. guitar solos. Or <laughs> Hotel California or whatever you want to think. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was gonna say that, I, that we've talked about before the whole idea that Mustaine sort of invented Metallica's sound, that whole mm-hmm. argument, and that he was responsible for I mean Craig, Craig Lucicero said it too. He was like the sound that you that they say he said the sound you like is thanks to Dave Mustaine. And I was like there's a part of that that's true, but I don't think that's the full truth. I think it's a there's a bigger picture yeah. there that's that's not told you know that And he admits in the book he's only got four credits on on Yeah. Yeah. That out, uh, and he says they're his songs, yeah. which that might be true, even though they put him last in the credits. Yeah, I mean, I'd say motor, or um, sorry, um, four horsemen slash mechanics. That's definitely him. Yeah, sure, yeah, of and course. then jump on the fire. I'd imagine is probably, which is the probably the worst it's, song. Yeah, on that album, isn't it? Th- there's a reason I think that that album of of all Metallica's albums, that album sounds a little the bit weirdest. 
Yeah, it's weird because there's actually there, well, you except hit, there's for these Saint Anger. Well, Saint Anger, <laughs> yeah, that's that's like a, dun 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 dun. Yeah, but like, <laughs> <laughs> like if you put Mustaine, it's not Mustaine. Saint Anger's not that bad. If you put Mustaine in another band, like an, a, if you just stuck that guy into another band, that band would sound different. Yeah, right. especially if, if he's writing riffs and he's you know contributing to the songwriting, it's going to sound different. And. But that's not the only thing Metallica does is Mustaine style riffs. Even on Kill 'Em All, there's stuff on there like Seek and Destroy. Uh, you know, I don't are, think Metallica would would have not. I, I think Metallica would have done just fine if Mustaine never joined the band. Yeah, and the, the Metallica least, started least out the as sound. I don't know. I think he was a catalyst. I think they needed him. Yeah, I think for sure he was a catalyst, and I think he gave them their attitude, and I think he gave them a dose of aggression for yeah. sure. I think he's probably the reason that they. So he, they, I think had they do. Some, I think they should give him some credit for that. Yeah, I think so too. But I think there's more to Metallica than just aggression. I think there's more to Metallica mm-hmm. than just attitude. Like when he says the sound you like, I'm like the sound I like from Metallica is a lot of things. Yeah. It's not. When just, I think of the sound I like Metallica, it's not kill them all. It's nothing no, but kill them all. It's not. No. It's the sound I like Metallica is the stuff was when, when Cliff started contributing. That's the real Metallica yes. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you want to talk about who really. Birth Metallica. Oh. It's the re- the true Metallica stuff that we love the most is is the Cliff influence. It's the it's, songwriting it's and the master of puppets. The, yeah, it's the structure. That's if you heard the like song "Pulling Crux." <laughs> <laughs> yes, we know. <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. a feeling that might have been. <laughs> that was not a David. I think Cliff wrote yes, that. It was <laughs> Mustaine wrote that totally. Yep. Hey, fact, you know, one, play, one, play. Of, my, one of the parts in the book where that I, was actually him playing. Yeah, he played piece. that. That's right. That too, yeah. There was a part in the book where he's talking <laughs> about. <laughs> wait, there's there's part. They let that, him say the, the he did the lyrics. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what they still will take one. Credits for the there's a part in the book where Dave Mustaine says uh, that he was hanging out with Kerry King and and showed him the Devil's Triad on guitar, whatever the fuck that means. Yeah. And. And that was in every song oh, by Slayer afterwards, and I was like, "Oh my god, you fucking!" <laughs> that's the kind of thing that he. That's a perfect. That's a perfect example of the stuff he does, and people, people that he says, and people buy it. He's got like, yeah. fans that are just like, and like yeah. that's, "Come on, man! Why do you say stuff like that?" Like yeah, I, I because of his arrogance. Yeah, and you're like, I want to like this guy. He's very insecure. I think yeah, that's... it's so crazy. And there was something else that I was on Facebook, and I was looking at comments. Somebody was arguing with Craig LeCicero about Dave Mustaine, and he was going kind of way on the side of uh, pro Metallica, like too far. I was like, "Well, come on, dude, that's way too far on that side." Mm-hmm. But he's basically Craig said Dave Mustaine showed James how to play down picking riffs, and then James perfected that. And I'm like, "Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense." I don't know if I believe that. Well, James, uh, yeah. but maybe the, James uh, wasn't even really a guitar, a serious guitar player at first. Yeah, if he wasn't, oh. I mean, and well, then Dave wrote Saint Anger, and, and <laughs> Mustaine, Mustaine actually, no, he wrote Risk. Well, he says that you know James <laughs> wanted to be a, fuel. James wanted to be a frontman yeah. only, and but he gives he does give him credit at times, which you know is respectable because he says you know James turned out to be a really good rhythm guitar player. Yeah, or, I think he, he, he might have just said well, yeah, he, he's he said in the past like you know <laughs> something like. Of the big four, you know that 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 those four bands, we have the two best, you know, down picking rhythm guitar players mm-hmm. ever. So yeah, 
you know, of course he's one of them. But, but of I think is Dave Mustaine <laughs> bipolar? Maybe and just not. He might be. Maybe there's something it going on be. there that's like not Quite right. possibly. Yeah, there's something. There's something not right. <laughs> I think he's at the I very least how, bipolar. If we're doing a great job, yeah, yeah like, I think Tim's got it. There's something What's going that? on. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't know if we're doing a good job of. of <laughs> well, he's well, written I'm not here to, I'm not here to worship him. I'm here to like talk about him. Yeah, so, he's written some of the best heavy metal songs of all time. And there, and and as much as I shit on Megadeth, there, there's still, and there will always be one of my favorite bands ever. Even yeah, I mean, though they have some they absolute have some, garbage songs. Yeah, Megadeth at their worst is not pleasant to listen to. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like no. Just, no, yeah. But, it's I like also trickster feel like, um, mixed with trickster. <laughs> oh, yeah. so you've listened to trickster? <laughs> I guess I don't know. I'm assuming. So I, I kind of yeah, feel like after writes... about ninety. So what? Say what? Uh, go ahead. I was gonna say about 90... after about ninety-two, which is when Countdown to Extinction came out. I feel like there was kind of a war going on between Metallica and, and Megadeth. Oh yeah, yeah. and well, I think that. Metallica Metallica won that war in terms of like. Album sales, sales, obviously. Popularity, you know. And I think, it, I don't it. know if they even realized it, but like, I think after the Black Album, Metallica was like, we kind of, that was like phase one. And we got to that point, we kind of accomplished a goal, we accomplished the mission. And I think right. in a way, Megadeth did too, because they, they had a number two album. Yeah. That album went number two. And it was like, and that, and that album was very stripped down <laughs> and very Black <laughs> Album-like. And everything after that is sort of like this crazy winding road. It doesn't have a... A direct path. Yeah. All yeah, the I mean, stuff after that is... I've listened to like once because it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, it, it, it doesn't... It's like, where the hell are they going with that? And it's what's... obviously they're trying to... like Metallica definitely was doing thrash and then they made a left turn at Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah. They tried to make a right turn at Albuquerque and it didn't work. No. No. But they both, they've both veered into these weird sort of almost alternative... Phases like yeah. load and reload, and then risk. Those are all risk. Yeah, those are risk is, terrible. Risk, but is, it's. Do you remember in the book where he, where he uh, kind of came up with tongue in cheek title for that album? It was from oh, remind me. I, it was, it was from Lars, wasn't it? Lars saying, yeah. that he never takes risks. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but he doesn't so, like that album either. Mustang doesn't no, like no. risk. But well, that world, has, that has a song "Crush Him" on it. Oh, world needs a hero. That, wait, that's on that album, isn't it? No, no, that's Rizzo a different. No, oh yeah, that's that was the 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 Nadir of uh, Megadeth, right? Yeah, it was really bad, and he ta- oh, he, yeah. he admits it in in the book too. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, that yeah. was horseshit. Like the whole thing was horseshit. Yeah, but um, yeah. but I, you know, it feels like they've they've both Metallica and Megadeth kind of have kind of veered back to you know proper doing classic what got them, yeah doing what got them popular right yeah yeah, yeah yeah they're just back well, to doing I, what I they think, do best i think uh system has failed was kind of a i think to me that was kind of the first really return to form yeah album that was a good album them. yeah yeah that was a that good was, album that's a really good album I like that, that was gonna be a mustaine solo album and then they decided to make it a negative album. yeah i just read that too i didn't yeah. realize it was, maybe it was in the book too has <laughs> he ever done a solo album <laughs> it's been a, I no, like, like five years since I read almost it. <laughs> not really? that I, all, all I mean, megadeth really yeah. is a solo album, right but as close as he's come as the system has failed he was going to record it as a either his own album or a Megadeth album, and then he he tried to get Marty and Nick Menza to play on it again. Yeah, <laughs> and Menza couldn't keep up. And what happened? Yeah, something. Yeah, really. and Marty was like Marty was too demanding for the contract of like the tour and and what he's going to get paid. So he was like, "Well, fuck it." Bye. Yeah, Menza. He literally said Menza just couldn't keep up. Like Nick he was Menza not really in good shape. Weird. Was, 
he was a big. Well, it, that would make sense considering. Yeah. 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 R.I.P. Yeah. Rest yeah. in peace. Yep. He died doing what he loves. He, doing what he do- loves best, though. He died playing drums. He died playing. Porn? He died playing drums. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Drums. Yeah. Apparently, he well, loves porn and drugs. A different well, dr word. That, yeah. Drums. One of the things hey. he loved best, I guess. Died doing one of the top three things you love. Yeah. That's a better motto. That's a yeah. Mm. We should but probably yeah, mention right, the, drinking. <laughs> what? But <laughs> getting back to like they they did systems failed, and the next album after that was. United Abominations, which is fucking horrible. Yeah, it's not <laughs> good. It's not. Good. I don't know if I've ever heard that. It's just boring. Yeah. Oh, oh. Just kind of like think, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I probably have, but I don't. I don't remember it. But and this is where you get you and I. You get you guys diverge from me is Endgame because I no, love that. I, album. I, I liked it. I just I that came out in two thousand nine. And 2009 yeah. was a really weird year for our family and, and me. And I was listening to a lot of weird stuff in 2009. And that that was like, eh, yeah. I, I'm not listening to Megadeth right now. This mm-hmm. part right. of my life. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't listen to it at all in, in that year. So I listened to it uh, just a couple days ago. I, I did like it. I, 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 yeah, I liked it. I a fair shot, I don't think. Yeah, the, I listened uh, to it. I, liked it. I was like, I don't know any of these songs except for one of them. The remix <laughs> is slightly or the remaster is slightly better sounding i don't know why they did it other than to sell more records yeah i don't know he went through this phase where he was remastering every fucking thing he's ever done because the original sounds good too yeah there was no there was it was fine it's modern production yeah (laughs) what the hell uh, and that was that was uh, it's it's not a very long album i I like it all the way through though was that the first album i liked it drover on drums uh sean drover is that his name yeah. From Sean Drover? I think it was. It might have been, yeah. Yeah. It was the second one without Ellison. Yeah. Okay. So, and then he came back for whatever the next album was. 13, I guess. Yeah, I think yeah, 13 so was. Yeah, I think that was 12. 13 was pretty good. <clears throat> I don't remember it. It's okay. I have to go back and listen to it. it Super was... Collider is not good. Oh, my God. That album's terrible. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so bad. What so I've, Super Collider I've heard and I remember liking it. I just never went back to it. <laughs> People call that Pooper terrible. Collider. It's what? <laughs> Pooper Collider. Really? It's <laughs> terrible. That. that was the one before Dystopia. Dystopia yeah. is awesome. Yeah. It once again the best they, album in years. injected with two new players and then all of a sudden. Actually, they um, they had Chris Adler from Lamb of God, who we don't like, but uh. I guess there was a whole thing. We where, like Lamb of God. We have no problem with Chris Adler. I have right. No Chris, Adler, Chris Adler's great. <laughs> I have no problem with Lamb of God except for their singer, actually. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I guess there was like discussions between Chris Adler and Dave Mustaine, and he was asking Chris, like, well, what do you think Megadeth is? And Chris Adler's like, you know, <laughs> the good stuff. <laughs> peace sells. And, yeah, uh, like the really rest good. Of peace. <laughs> yeah. Anything with peace in the title is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just go with that. So uh, they ended up writing an album that sounded like old school Megadeth, and it was the best thing they'd done in a long time. Yeah, that album's so good. Oh, we yeah. should talk about uh, their first album, though, right? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yes, the, we should talk about that album. <laughs> so Be- when because, that came out on Combat Records in 1985, and uh-huh. it. And that was the tape we had in high school, probably, right? So I had the, I had the vinyl. The vi- yeah, whatever. And it yeah. and it, it kind of sounded like shit. Horrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then when you read the book, you find out why, because they spent yeah. half the money of it 
on drugs. <laughs> yes. <really. laughs> and they didn't get a lot of money to begin with. No. No. So, um, <laughs> in, I think, 2002, there was a remaster. And this is where it gets confusing because I'd yeah. had that and it, it, it sounded maybe a little better. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. It didn't it blow still, me away. No, it was then, still like, eh. When, when did the last one? They, they did another remaster. Last year. Yeah. It was just last year? It was last before? year. Yeah. yeah. Last, year. last year. Okay. 2018. And it's a whole new album. Totally. It's like, yeah. this is one of the great thrash albums. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, all of a sudden. Yeah. Have you heard this, Keith? I have not. I think I've heard a little bit of it that you've shared. I mean, I'm blown play, away. Play Looking Down the Cross or whatever it is. Or Chosen Ones or... No, 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 I want to hear looking down the. That was the best song on that album. It was, I agree. You hear like bass drum and bass guitar. Yeah, mixed properly. Yeah. Yeah. This song is very Pcell sounding. It is. Big time. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything was... I mean, I had that tape in high school. It's actually, I think, the only Megadeth I had because my brother had the Megadeth collection. Had other ones, but one way or another, uh, it didn't sound that good. <laughs> no, not <laughs> no. even close. No, that remix, like I think, it pushes that first album into a new level of. We should all go back and listen to that. That I did, yeah. That, it sound. I mean, it it was like a completely different album. Yeah, because you can actually. It's not just the bass and the drums. You can no. appreciate the whole thing better. Like yeah, even the, the guitar tones the better. There's not all that fucking reverb over the guitar that no. drowns everything yeah. out. It's it it it's amazing that he was actually writing that stuff in '85. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His well, riffs I mean, are he was like writing solos. that stuff in '83 too. Well, <laughs> kill them all. The riffs that he uh-huh. wrote for Metallica are not as good as the riffs he wrote on this album. Oh, no. other than the Four Horsemen. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Oh, I mean. you mean the mechanics? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? If, he, if he's so if he's so angry about Metallica using three of the four songs that he put on that album, why didn't he read? Why didn't he do the same thing? Back do the same thing he did with Four Horsemen Mechanics. Yeah. Why didn't he put his yeah. dumbass stupid lyrics over Jump in the Fire? <laughs> yeah. Good question. Did, uh, yeah, because he had because yeah, his dumbass stupid that. lyrics sucked. Yeah, he I did mean, have like you know when you listen to Mechanics, that sucks. Four Horsemen rules. Oh my god, Since, it's so bad. <laughs> It's a different. It's my hand in my hands. Jumping the fire is about like STDs, I think. Instead of is it? I don't know what he's talking. I have no idea. I don't know. It's just bad. It's Satan. It's much better to be about Satan. (laughs) It's way cooler. So he was obviously not that attached to those songs. No. No. I yeah, mean, I don't know. but let's all hope that uh, Bruce Dickinson has his doctor call 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Find out who Bruce's doctor was. And- yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. the first time he's had a major, uh, you know, situation with health his health. Issues. I mean, he had a whole thing with his hand, and he basically said, Megadeth's yeah. done. I can't that play guitar anymore. That was so weird anymore. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. You know that story, Keith? I, do, I, I, I did, but I he, don't remember he, So it. he... He he had so he had to get on painkillers for something. I don't remember what yeah. it was for. And he had an he, accident. So he right? got a, like he wrecked a ATV or it was, something. No, it was ATV his, or it was a his, motorcycle or something, right? No, no, it was his neck, wasn't it? I thought it was his hand. Yeah, was, I thought it was. His, well, I don't know. If well, it was, he so, yeah. Go ahead. I know. Rick. I know. He got on painkillers and he fell. As, he ended yeah. up getting addicted to painkillers. Fell asleep on a chair with his arm hanging over the back of the chair. Yeah. For hours, and he woke up, and all of a sudden, he like. He, he got some, I don't know what it was called, but something affected his hand so much that he couldn't even play guitar anymore. He yeah. had to retrain like, his hand on how to, his left it, hand on how to play guitar. Was not, I think yeah. he also really likes telling that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Probably lack of oxygen have, nerves. He I had to teach myself it. how to play the guitar again. Dan is <laughs> still this day. good. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? I want to make sure I, I ask you guys this question before we move on. But so he's got two kids, right? Yeah, he's got a boy yeah. and a girl. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> he names the boy Justice. Yes, <laughs> the most famous breakthrough album by Metallica, right? It's really weird. And the girl, what does he name her? Electra. The record Reload. company Metallica <laughs> got famous on. <laughs> Super weird, isn't that weird? That's so weird. Like, what the Who's fuck, man? Who's got some fucking issues? That's fucking weird. <laughs> These are your children. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. The justice they was without the him. E on the end. But so they also it's... probably are both getting into, like, country, right? The the, the girl. <laughs> they live in Nashville, right? Yeah. The girl is a singer, isn't she? Yeah, she, she yeah. sings, like, country. Yeah. I think the, the, boys the are. boy plays guitar. Country is the easiest thing to sing because it sucks. <laughs> Just so weird. I mean, who? Anybody else? Okay, he, right. A couple things how about. Come, how come he doesn't address that in the book? I don't know. Like, but like, yeah, I don't know. What he did is amazing. He got kicked out of a band. They're like, "Here's your bus ticket home. You're done. See ya." And he goes and forms mm-hmm. another band, and that band's almost as popular in terms of the eighties. Mm-hmm. Almost. And he almost. makes reference to that. And- <laughs> That's but crazy. You, you tell you tell he's not happy, but I mean anybody else would be like, "Holy shit, I'm so lucky." Yeah, yeah right. That I More made the it. Chances of lightning striking twice. Right? Yeah, but yeah. that's his arrogance. His arrogance is yeah. just like I it's was also, the reason why they got to this. Right. I am the one that wrote all the first four albums. Right. Yeah. It's, it's also what drives him though, which is good. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. yeah. Half the black album. Yeah. Because you you gotta you gotta have drive to be a successful. A musician in the bands, but that's what it says on the liner notes of the re- reissue of Killing uh, is our business. It's like you know, I was pissed off and I was out for blood and fuck Metallica. Basically, that's why I made this album. Yeah, so, but well, know, we got we got it some works. good music out of it. So, oh yeah, did. I mean, really good. Music. good. I mean, it's a good thing we got two really great bands out of it. Yeah, so. and there was there was no we've said this before a thousand times. There was no way he was going to stay in Metallica. No, Uh-oh. no way. Uh, it's, it, Speaking about Les Claypool, he mentioned, you know, everybody we were talking about his interview to get into that band, and they were like, what would have happened if you did get in the band? And he flat out, Les's answer is, they would have kicked me out a month later. <laughs> <laughs> they already had their dynamic and what they were doing. Yeah. If they brought me into that, 
it would have not worked in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, as you say, you know, maybe Mustaine really, you know, hey, maybe he helped, you know, uh, uh, what's-his-face uh, yeah, become it. the guitarist that he is. You know, had James be James. <laughs> no, what's but, uh, <laughs> You know, yeah, exactly. You know, maybe it's, 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 it's better that it did fall apart because we're all better off that way. Yeah, as fans, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, like I was saying, you know, we got two... Amazing metal bands out of it. So yeah, I mean, it's, they, 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 the the chips chips fell where they where they did for a reason, right? And why didn't he play that like? Only that bus had fallen on Lars instead. Oh god, oh, Jesus! Hey, that's a good segue. <laughs> yeah, we can we can jump ahead. I was gonna say, I just it's just why not play it off like I was too crazy for Metallica. Right, those guys couldn't handle me. Yeah, right? or too big of an asshole. I mean, yeah. how, however you want to phrase it. <laughs> But don't come in with well, the that's jealous attitude. Accurate, Keith. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean that's you know. But I know. I, uh, All right, let's uh, move on to Lars. Yeah, segue about into Lars. another guy complaining about thieves. I don't even need to ask Tim why he picked Lars. That's pretty obvious. Yeah, that's why you play drums, right? Yeah, so he's I the mean, shortest I think of all these people. That's why. Oh. <laughs> Corey Taylor's pretty short. I think Lars is short. Lars is shorter than me, and I'm pretty short. <laughs> no, that's true. Okay. Um. Yeah, Mr. Ulrich. That's why I think a lot of people play, play drums was because of uh, Lars. Oh yeah, um, there's a ton of. I mean, even like, uh, what's his name from the Howard Stern show? Richard Christie. Oh, Richard Christie. Yeah, yeah. The drummer for Mastodon mm-hmm. plays drums because of Lars. Um, geez, what do you say about this guy? He is, for whatever reason, he's despised on the internet. You mentioned the name Lars, and people lose their shit. Fuck you! Yeah, this guy down <laughs> no, here, bottom number, number right. one. <laughs> we should keep track. That's that's one. <laughs> yeah. So he's not the best drummer on the planet. Uh, <laughs> never has been. Shocking. <laughs> However, uh, I'm very glad Metallica never replaced him. He's he's integral to that band. He's a song composer kind of guy. He's a arranger. He's good at that. I like the fact that I can go see Metallica and see three of the four of the same guys who played on the first album. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. He he was never that great, and nowadays he's less than that. <laughs> 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 he has his crutches, for sure. He uh, loves snare rolls. Um, yeah. A lot. Uh... But there's something to be said for a guy who basically did what he did just out of the love for, for music. And he's like, I'm going to teach myself to play drums. I'm going to get this band together. And I'm going to kind of talk my way into these different situations to get shit going. And, and not play has, tennis. Yeah, not play tennis. Yeah. And he's got insane drive, apparently, to, to push all these things. He's pretty much the reason Metallica are where they are today. I mean, in oh, terms yeah. of like pushing that band forward, I mean, when you go back and watch any interview with any of those Bay Area bands, and they all say the same thing. Lars was out there every night, you know, promoting his band, yeah, pushing to you know come see my band. Like he was the guy. He just and he was he was a personal guy, and he was talkative, and he was just he people were like he wouldn't shut up. Like, yeah, that's that's maybe one of them was crutches, but he just will he will you know he's, talk he's to a death, talker. But yeah. Um, but that, that to to their benefit that that yeah. helped them get where they are today. I mean, 
like you said, he's he's okay. He's not the best drummer, no. but that doesn't matter. He's a contributor to the band. If you ever watch any of the behind the scenes stuff of them writing their albums, he's the guy. It's it's him and James. Yeah, him and James. James are, comes in with riffs, and they're putting and, it together, and, and they team. put it together. And he, he arranges them. I mean, he he's responsible for going back to as far as after remember. after Dave Mustaine writes. Well, right, yeah, right. of course, right, of course. After Mustaine, they arrange them. That's, after Mustaine not, wrote Death Magnetic, he's not a bad drummer. I shouldn't say that. I mean, that's not really fair. He's he's the right drummer for that band, and he's the right drummer for Headfield's riffs. I think. Right, and if you were to take well, him and, out of the band, they'd sound weird. They might improve, but I mean, I, I see what you're saying there. Yeah, they, his they, influence his influence in the songwriting, in way of just arrangement. You know, we're yeah. all talking about fantastic musicians, people that you know, whether it be the vocalist or the bassist or the you know guitarist or drummer. These guys could hold their own and everything, but you know, other guys, you know, none of them, I guess you would say, well, besides Les, would be the top of their game. Yeah. No, yeah, I wouldn't say. Uh, yeah, as far as like their instrument, yeah. I mean, Mustaine's pretty close, but He's up there, yeah. there's yeah, you're right. There's other soloists who are yeah, quote there's unquote better guitar soloists, virtuosos and what have you. Yeah, right. I mean, sure. like I mean, maybe this is the whole kind of uh, Kurt Cobain side tangent that you know, some people just know what the hell to do right, yeah. and right. Lars arranges mm-hmm. what he's doing correctly that fits the perfect mold for what the hell. James is writing. But yeah. I mean, I still remember Lars even commenting about how James is just like a riff generator. Yeah. The guy uh-huh. can just sit there and just create with nothing. And maybe that might be his influence, the fact that James will just sit there and just start coming up with all this crap and Lars will be like, all right, that plus that A, then yeah. Z, then D, yeah. then yeah, Q, exactly. That's then exactly what they do. That's a I mean, the way they write their you. albums, the, the way they write these album, their albums these days is they all come in they they have riffs the riff on, tape well oh yeah they have well, riff tapes like they tape, just put stuff <laughs> nowadays it's you know probably mp3s but iPhone. they have <laughs> hours and hours of riffs and Lars literally takes those hours and hours and riffs and and picks out the best ones and comes back and says okay these are this could become a song this could like him, become him and James probably him and James yeah but yeah. they you know i think Lars will literally take those hours and hours he will take those and listen to every single riff and pick out the best ones and you know, come back and collaborate with James at that point. So, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, is it, that, that takes is a it, talent to do that. Oh, yeah. It's oh, almost an art. I shouldn't say this. <laughs> but but <laughs> I, I feel like when we were in Instinct or Mama Waldi, like, Eric would write all these riffs and, like, I, I didn't really just play an guitar asshole. that well. <clears throat> I, well, I'm not really good at guitar, so, like, the, the contribution I would make was to, like, Let's do this part here, right? So, and that's why we're as big as Metallica. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just always like the fact that he he taught himself. I think that's just amazing. He taught himself, and he's the drummer in Metallica, and he's taken he a few yourself? lessons. I did. I I taught myself by watching him, like on the one Teach video. Himself? I was like, oh, he's doing this on a hi hat, and then this is oh, okay, and then like. Watching bootlegs and watching him play, and I'm like, oh, that's what. Okay, so probably not the best teacher, but yeah. <laughs> nevertheless. But I, you know, you mentioned one, and I think a lot of people at that point, oh, yeah. you know, weren't doing drums like the double bass, and that was kind the of double bass that that, that that changed so much. Yeah. And they showed I mean, that it's kind of ridiculous, but it still changed a lot. Yeah, ridiculous. nowadays it's nothing. It's, you know, it's nothing. Oh, yeah. Nowadays it's nothing. But at the time, it was you know even you know modern day drummers now look 
look back at that as like that that's what influenced to play the drums yeah you know? they're like holy so, shit that's awesome that double bass part got me as much into metal as anything else probably yeah that riff and that and the drums behind it yeah right i owe that that's as much like because it was like uh, uh i've never fucking heard anything like that before yeah in my life. and even right. even that and is like, awesome it's simple. There's nothing really to it. I mean, it's a simple double bass. The band. That's simple. I mean, but it's not. It's not. I mean, it had, every single high school triplet. I mean, yeah, I guess eighth grader yeah, at right. the time, you know, was pretty much just trying to kind of do that with their feet. Yeah, you sit there and make double bass, double bass. Yeah. yeah. We talked about how Charlie Benante did the same thing. Yeah, same yeah. But it, it wasn't as effective. They Nobody didn't do it right. Noticed it because yeah. because they didn't have. There wasn't a video. Yeah, they weren't. There wasn't a camera behind his feet yeah. in the video. <laughs> but they didn't have they didn't have the right riff behind it too. Right. Yeah. Like Metallica that was one thing like Metallica no it seemed like they knew how to do things the right way. Yeah. That sounds pretentious, but like but. they knew how to do it in a way that was like, oh, you're like, oh Yeah. Man. Yeah. They yeah, didn't waste like they didn't waste motion. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think right. that's that's a lot of Lars. <laughs> yeah. Just saying, why don't we do this here, do this here? Do four of these? Do, you know, just can you do like, an impression okay. of him when you say that? What do we do? Like four of these here, and then like <laughs> you could do like obviously, obviously you could do like obviously two of those, like two. and then do like a s- snare huh? roll, like hello, eight? hello, bend over, hello, <laughs> yeah, every time. What's this? Is that Landover? Is that bend over? Bend over? <laughs> hello. <laughs> Huh? huh? Oh yeah, you gotta do that. Huh? 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 <laughs> you gotta do this. And that's that. Yeah, that, 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 that. Oh. They they used to play in Landover, Maryland. <laughs> yes, America. Yes, for those it's people, like the who capital are, center. For, oh yeah. For, for our overseas fans. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that one guy. Hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, well, I, I kind of want to address um, when people started hating him and and. What, I mean, I, I mean, I know it's an after sure. thing, yeah. but it, yeah, I think that the, the, it was time for them to be hated, though. <laughs> yeah, were, I mean, look, I get they were it. ready for some backlash. I I get the you know I get, I think he his approach was wrong, not the best argument correct thing. approach wrong. Right, yeah. exactly. It was it was he was right. Obviously, he was right. Obviously, 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 he was right. <laughs> Uh, he he kind of had foresight there to to know what was coming up with the, with the music industry and where it was headed. Yeah, but to you know the, the way he did it was probably not the best. But I, I don't. It's I think it's unfair to take that one example and just say this person is a d- douchebag and you know for the rest of his life now he's just a douche because of what he did with Napster. It's, it's completely unfair. If you look yeah. at what he how he treats his fans nowadays and what Metallica does for their fans and 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 I mean. That's one it's, thing I would honestly have to say, considering, let's face it, you know, Tim, you were in the book for... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I the mean, Justice Box set. That yeah, was well before <laughs> the whole Napster thing. You know, that, <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, in, in those days, fire. as you said, when we were talking about that, you know, I don't even know how many episodes ago, but, you know, let's face it, oh, yeah. he was walking in, making sure that every motherfucker... Did you get everything signed. Yeah, that did was a all big, the, big the, deal. Did you get the toilet paper? That just, yeah, I just my ass with. You know, it didn't matter what you put in front of that guy. He's like, did everyone get everything? Did everything they wanted tonight? Tonight, did yeah. everyone get everything well, signed? Is everyone good to go? Yeah, he's always doing. I that. I mean, even even some of the guys in the band won't like James has stopped doing some of the meet and greets I, as much. But I, Lars but does. Kurt never did. I mean, he just seems like it's not does. his thing. Yeah, yeah, he did. But well, but, I mean, he he was forced to, and that's why he did them. <laughs> 
but I don't think he ever wanted to. But if you ever watch, so if you know. if you look up on like Metallica's website, or, or if you look at at YouTube for videos about, you know, Metallica did this for their fans. It's always it's always Lars out there. Like I watched a video the other day of of this guy who was in a wheelchair. He had two prosthetic legs, and you know he was like, "Hey, can you sign my leg?" The rest of the guys did, and he's like, "Of course, of course." Hey, do you want to be on the stage tonight? And the, guy, the kid's like, "What?" Yeah. He goes, and he's like, the, you know, Lars is looking at the kid's mom, like, is that cool? And she's like, uh, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, we'll bring you up on stage during the song. I mean, the, the dude was on stage with Metallica because cool. he was, you know, d- disabled. So it's like, you know, there's a, there's a, that's just what, there's a movie called example. Mission to Lars. Have you heard of that? I have, yeah. yeah. It's an autistic kid who, for whatever reason, he's just obsessed with Lars. He just loves watching Lars play. And he's the whole movie is basically him trying to figure a way to meet Lars. And, uh, and There's ways to, to make a movie. And what? Have a disability. <laughs> you can get it out there. You can go online and look it up. He does eventually meet Lars, and it's a whole thing. He plays well, the course. drums. Yeah. Actually, he doesn't play him. But Lars offers. And the kid I, I just, does he play him? Maybe he does. I think he does. He yeah, does he like, like really loud. Like, yeah, that's right. That's what I had. Like that's ding, right. ding, ding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much exactly yeah, what it is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 But I, I mean, I mean, I can think back to when we met him in ninety what ninety two. Yeah. Um, like uh, Kirk wasn't there. Kirk went off, but um, like there were that was the height, right? Like yeah, they, yeah, they were, they were huge. huge. That was that was white that leather point. jacket, <laughs> white leather jacket face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, which is largest uh, lowest period. <laughs> all of they they went up. There was there must have been what two hundred people. It was <laughs> fucking outside the capital center. And it was freezing cold. In the freezing yeah. cold, it was yeah. April first or second. It yeah. was fucking cold, because I remember Jason saying it's cold as a motherfucker out right here. Yeah, and and three of the four guys in the band, they they well, two of the four guys, they came around and and they walked around. They signed everyone's fucking autograph. Took a picture before there were cell phone cameras. They you had to like do the click, <laughs> yeah, you had yeah. To wind it and everything. Yeah, click oh, yeah. and um <laughs> um. And then Lars was – he sat in his limo. He did. But, I mean, he still waited for a shitload of people to come up, sign their shit, listen to their stupid bullshit story about why they love Metallica. Listen and, to me ask about if there's and, a tambourine on Injustice for All. Yeah. There and is. this is this is Lars when he was probably at his – he was about to be in his dickish – most dickish face. Yeah. Right? Like he was – he's probably <laughs> – wasn't he like on mushrooms all the time and shit? I like don't that, know. That he, was, he was definitely going to the rock star phase at this point. And not only did Lars put up with that, but when we f- followed chased him, him through, through DC yeah. with the with the limo <laughs> driver, like, trying to, he to... stood out in front of the hotel and signed autographs again for everyone. Yeah, this is like and, three and in the was morning. Polite and and chill and didn't give a fuck. Yeah, and so I I don't know I don't get it. Like, I mean that's like I said you don't you don't judge Mustaine on his one bad day cuz somebody dropped a pen maybe you don't judge Lars for having a good day in in DC one night I don't know I but, met him twice I mean, cool both times <laughs> the dude they were the fucking chill good. they were chill as shit so I mean yeah and Jason was like I mean and Tim you've met Jason twice and like like four times <laughs> the most friendly guy ever yeah i remember i remember meeting him or he was signing our, our or he signed the CDs, right? And yeah, he's like, "You're the same height as me. What the <laughs> fuck?" <laughs> I thought because they everyone feels so big on the stage, right? And you're like, 
Oh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It is weird. I'm in high school and you're the same fucking height as me. Yeah, that is a weird <laughs> thing. They're supposed to be bigger than life and they're like this. That's why Lars was sitting down. Yeah. Because <laughs> he would have been shorter, right? 4'8". <laughs> <laughs> By the way, he's he's 5'6 and Corey Taylor's 5'7". Just oh, wow. That's pretty close. close. I looked it up. So I'm yeah. taller than both those guys. Pussies. <laughs> you're a real man. <laughs> I like <laughs> Not much. <laughs> what are you, 5'9"? <laughs> Not quite, like five, almost five nine, not quite. Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I take out for my mom. Show him. Yeah. I'm shrinking. Five nine is average. Guys, me. Five I'm ten. Shrinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bummer. Uh, I think Lars is probably shorter now. He might be. Yeah, you know, age does that, man. He's he looks so. He looks so weird these days. Yeah, he's looking kind of. James does too. Yeah, they James just both hit a wall. <laughs> yeah, at some point something happened in their fifties where it's like, ooh, <laughs> whoa. Yeah, I don't. It, it, with James, it was like overnight. Yeah, too. like whoa. He, he just he got grew that handlebar mustache and then grew his hair long again. He looks like fucking Uncle Jesse almost. Oh. Yeah, yeah, he's getting weird. like old guy face. No, well, he looks like I'm gonna have to say it. You know, the cowardly lion. Yeah. Well, there he's always that. like that. Yeah. He looked like that on the Unforgiven videos. Yeah, he did. But he's looking. <laughs> yeah, but it was like three years ago. He didn't look anything like that. He no, his, Young, his hair was vibrant. Like his his hair went white overnight. He's getting like like old guy smash face too. Like the like Lars the has Joker gets, face like, all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New Joker products. <laughs> and Kirk still By looks glue. like an old lesbian, like he yeah. always has. Rob looks the same. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's got that Samoan blood. So I think Rob? I think uh he's Samoan? Is he? I don't. I, I think don't. he's <laughs> serious. I think he's Latino. Hawaiian. Yeah, he's Mexican. Yeah. yeah. Trujillo. 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 That's a that's a Spanish name. Trujillo. Yeah. Trujillo. Well, the J is an H. And so. he's actually a lot younger than him, isn't he? <laughs> no, I think Let's he's about the same person. age. Oh yeah? Yeah. Maybe one or two years off, but about then the same. Fuck it. But I think Lars's biggest issue is born in '64, is, uh, so he's 50. Or yeah, I don't think Keith said "fuck you, Lars" once during this. I said, said it once. once. Yeah, once. Did you? Once. Uh-huh. Maybe twice. <laughs> yeah. I think his biggest issue Fuck is you, Lars. Uh, he's a control yeah, freak. Better. There's no yeah animus behind when, when when you say it like that, Keith. You're just going through the Fuck. motions. <laughs> you Lars. It's like the same <laughs> anger of your hatred. Uh, yeah. Trujillo is of Mexican and Cherokee descent. Oh, Cherokee. Cherokee. Wow. You Cherokee? Cherokee. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> Tim was saying, yeah, that, that the controlling aspect is. Yeah, I've known control freaks and they're paying the ass. So, like. Fuck you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not referring not. to Eric. <laughs> You're referring to Lars? I'm referring yeah. to <laughs> Lars and the fact that I've known people who are like. What I assume he's like, or Dave Mustaine. I've yeah. known people that I assume are like Dave Mustaine as well. Well, can I go? Let me go back to Megadeth. I, I, I want to ask this about Mustaine's book. He uh, at one point made mention where he was angry at Marty Friedman for doing guitar clinics where he would go and earn like thousands of dollars, apparently, to teach people to come to the clinic and learn Megadeth riffs that Dave Mustaine wrote. And Dave that's Mustaine, silly thing to be mad about. But okay. Do you remember? Do you remember that in the book? No, I can't. No, I, don't. I don't remember that. Well, he 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 made mention of that. It was not a big part of the book, but 
he uh, he said that, and <clears throat> I, I guess he was angry that it was somebody making money off of stuff he wrote. And I'm <laughs> thinking, like, this is a uh, timeout. This is where your problem is, dude. Like, yes. Holy shit. These are Megadeth fans <laughs> going to meet your guitar player, Marty Friedman, <sighs> paying a shitload of money to meet him mm-hmm. to learn you shit you wrote. Don't you think that like maybe if they can do that and there's a guy that's willing to teach them that that's in the band, they'll be fans for life? Yeah, probably. Like, that's right. only a, a better thing. advertisement than anything on Headbanger's Ball. Yeah. Yeah. And and all Dave thinks about is, I wrote this. this <laughs> I, should get, I should get a marketing of this. Yeah, it, talk about control freaks. I still remember yeah. I, I was, uh, you know, my, my friend Marshall, I was roommates with him. He was a senior. I was a junior in college. And he taught was guitar it? lessons. Marshall Greenberg. Marshall? You know. Yeah. Marshall? Marshall. <laughs> you, know. you know. Wait a Marshall. minute. Marshall. Marshall? <laughs> He's not getting there. Blank <laughs> oh, face. Sorry. <laughs> Inside joke. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, another. Uh, you know, he tried to recruit me to to teach bass lessons at a <laughs> place in downtown Fredericksburg. I don't know what you're doing, Joe. <laughs> One way or another, uh, you know, it's like you know, I went, I went in for the interview, and he's just like, "All right, play me a riff," and I'm like, "Uh, I, I didn't have anything prepared, so I'm just like." And I, I fucked it up. I totally fucked it up. But one way or another, you know, when people come to play, they want to see what you can do. You know, when, when people are – you're educating. You just want to mm-hmm. show them something. And those people are absolutely – they don't want to see Marty Freeman just, just you know, come up with some goddamn blues riff. <laughs> no. They don't want to hear Hendrix. Like, they, they don't want to hear some Hendrix. They yeah, are they coming – They don't want to play Marty Freeman's solo <laughs> stuff. Yeah. You know, they don't hate they kind of an idiot is going to – Yeah. Yeah. That's that's arrogant. It's short-sighted and stupid. Like, yeah. yeah. And that guy They're was probably a band they probably bought your album already, Dave. Like, <laughs> chill out, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, you want to cut off from what Marty's getting from teaching guitar lessons? He's nuts. Ah, damn it. That book had a whole lot of I don't want to say I'm the victim here. Uh, <laughs> it is I will have to say it is hilarious how like all this conversation we were doing great, we got into Lars and it came Back. <laughs> <Well>, it <laughs> was inevitable. Well, it's not over. No. No. Get us back on course here, Tim. Well, I was talking about Lars and his control freak tendencies, and that was actually the reason that Napster was the issue. He said this was never about money. It was about the word he used was control. He right. said the control was taken away from us. Somebody mm-hmm. stole this. Somebody ripped this off from us. It got... They got put on the radio without our knowledge. We didn't have control of this. How do we go get these motherfuckers from who stole this from us? Right, right. Period. It wasn't like they're already rich. <laughs> it's like I don't, yeah, I don't need money. I just don't like the fact that our, right. our song got stolen. And that's Lars to a T right there. That's him. Like this is mine, and I want to control it. And, and James has a, a similar issue. I mean, that's part yeah, of it. The thing I don't understand about that entire concept is so much of Metallica in the the, the birth of. Yeah, I know. I know where you're going. Metal in the yeah. '80s is all the the mixtapes. People would create these mixtapes and then yeah. advertise them at the end of zines, and people would just toss them back and forth. And that was a huge part of Metallica's birth. About but they were a lot of other bands' birth. But yeah, wasn't, but, wasn't they, they, but Metallica big... had recorded that and put it on a tape and given it to somebody. That was, yeah, this, like was this was not even released. It, it was right, somebody it was, else. Was, well, yes, yeah, so somebody 
They were yeah, part got, of the tape gotta, trading scene. They were they, that was that's, that's that's the thing. As large right. as like we they were doing that controlled the fact that people are able to do that. Like we said, go ahead and do this, guys. We give you our blessing to bootleg the shit out of this. It's fine. They didn't say, hey, you can take I disappear from us and put it on the radio. They never said that. Someone just it got leaked without their knowledge, and he's like, fuck that. I never said you could do that. That was the argument. Period. Well, and, I, and now look how much protection is put into like. You know, Disney movies and and, and yeah. musicians yeah. who are I mean, they don't very... want Lord of the Rings. You can't you can't get just a snippet of anything, like even scripts of movies. Like, don't even talk yeah. about that. That needs to be secret get, until they, the day it's released. They get you know? shredded. So what, it, what he yeah, did was very not rock and roll. I mean, it was very not sure, yeah, not metal going at to, all. It was yeah. He yeah. became the establishment when he did that, and it was like yeah, that was the wrong approach. I mean, you're pissing off your fans because. They have this impression of you of being this cool guy in a metal band where there's like, fuck the rules and all this stuff. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to court and I'm suing these motherfuckers. And it's like, well, and there were plenty of artists who were behind them and, and they've come out since saying I was in favor of them, but I didn't want to be the yeah, guy. I don't want to have that. Yeah, Dr. Yeah, Dre was, I mean, the, the biggest problem of it is, is, you know, I get his argument, but yeah. let's face it. I don't know if you could say the industry itself or I mean, just technology in and of itself made it impossible for him to ever control it again. Because, yeah, of course. Uh, I don't, hey, that's the data transmissions, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, there was no way to stop that. No. Um, you know, nowadays, I mean, the last uh, Public Enemy album that came out, I guess, two years ago, maybe, you know, they just sent it out for free and I got it. Um, a lot of bands are doing f- that. Yeah, that's, exactly. why, uh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. why ticket sales are so expensive. De La Soul released their entire catalog for free five years ago. Right. Just, yeah, oh, they're just like, they're bands, just like, fuck I'll it. take all that. Yeah, bands are making money off of ticket sales and yeah. merchandise. Yeah, exactly. Like, Physical things they, things you can only see in person. That's where they make money. Yep. Yep, that's why. <laughs> While shitheads are getting their fucking cameras. But you've seen this. Yanked out of their hands, <laughs> kicked out of their hands, shoved <laughs> down their <laughs> fucking throats. But you've seen this, this, this thing I just sent you guys on uh, what about, what the, a messenger. Have you, you've seen this, right? Uh, sorry, I'm not on messenger. Hold on. Brandaler says Metallica, Metallica's Lars Ulrich was right about Napster. Yes, I've seen that. Oh yeah. yeah, and he was, of course. I mean, the arguments—the yeah. argument is accurate. There's nothing you're really okay. Say how many like, of you guys uh, are on Spotify? Yeah, but that's—I'm paying for that. Yeah. I have Apple yeah, Music. And guess, pay for guess it. who gets the money off of it? Yeah, but I also buy the album. Yeah, so it's I not mean, like I only listen to Spotify. I do buy if I, if I, I have a rule that if I listen to the album three times, I have to buy it after that. Right, I mean, I use Spotify. That, that's a good, but uh, that's I also good rule. Um, <laughs> but even the buy, the purchase of an album these days, I mean, well, I don't know what to that do about that. Goes to the what, goddamn what, dis- publisher. But what can what can I do about hey, that? Nothing. Yeah. It, no, no, there is something you can absolutely do about that. Always go see fucking live music. I've no, been, we've been going. I've been into that this year. So yeah. yes, and we should yeah. always. I mean, that is the most important thing. Yeah. Go support musicians. Go to their fucking shows. You want mm-hmm. to get their merch? Buy them at the fucking shows you go to see. All right. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And we're, we're, we're doing what we can. Yeah. It's not <laughs> I know, cheap. Hey. I, I'm not saying the fuck you guys. <laughs> you got to hand pick the one. I know. I know. The I know. general yeah. population of 30,000 pe- <laughs> listeners. <laughs> of our 30,000 listeners. Yes. Just always go fucking see live music. Yeah. I mean, Metallica are on well, Spotify, and- so it's not. You know. Yeah, and and you know, 
as, as much as you, you, know, you should be. I mean, that's that's the industry. It's a revenue today. stream. I mean, exactly. It, as it, much it as you, know, you can complain about what Napster was or <clears throat> anything in between, nowadays it is online. You know, what was the one? Audio Galaxy was that the one? I don't know. There were a bunch. Audio there, Galaxy. I don't even what remember that. that? Sounds familiar. I think it was Wire, like and paid, there, was, there was. And then there was a Russian one that was like two cents per album or something. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh one? yeah, well, I remember yeah. that. What, what was that called? I forget, but I remember. I remember buying albums for like pennies. Audio Galaxy was the thing that came the after Columbia after. Record. It was better. Club. Well, that was. <laughs> and then there was. God. I mean, that's I that's the one Napster, thing. Yeah. Like everybody's just like, oh my god, Napster. No, Napster is just replacing the Columbia Record Club. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of did, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not. I mean, you can. It just with they Napster didn't get credit. Like, the thing is, is that you, like for all the Napster shit and all that, they didn't get credit for any of those sales. Like for all the Columbia Record, no, of course, penny yeah. bullshit. They got credit for that, and that would you know result yeah. in gold and platinum albums. No, Napster was outright theft. I remember when I saw it, I was I like, mean, "This is this is not going to last." I mean, it was like, <laughs> yeah. it was like, yeah. but you were like. Download, download. Hell yeah. I was like, I'm going to get my shit as I can, Murray. Yeah. But like, there's like, this is for stealing. <laughs> yeah. This is well, going yeah, down. I'll, this I'll is read going the quote. Sure. Joe, Joe, Joe sent me the link for the, the drummer from Mastodon. He basically said, uh, here's his quote. He said, Lars was totally right. No one gives him an, any glory now. Everyone gave him so much shit about it back then, saying he's just a rich rock star. No, he was trying to protect the little guy that's going to be coming up. Uh, the only way we're putting any food in, on our tables and floors for our pets is out there on tour yeah. Um, yeah. where bands would do a couple tours a year and now it's just non-stop touring. That's not healthy, my friend. <laughs> yeah. so he's right. And then yeah. that's what we just said. It's it's all about the touring and touring yeah. touring. And it, but, uh, it's unfortunate. I disagree, though, because bands have been touring non-stop for... Uh, uh, yeah, but we saw them for 25 bucks or 10 exactly. bucks or 5 bucks. Now you see them for, yeah. like, how much was I on Maiden tickets? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. I still well, owe you for even, those. Even Metallica was, you know, it, it was 150 bucks. parking and there was 200 bucks. Yeah, 200 yeah. bucks. Yeah. You got to. Because somebody else is going to get the 200 bucks. Well, if not, you don't charge I mean, 200 bucks. Then again, oh, then I know. Again. I'm going to pay it because I'm going to see Metallica. Yeah, yeah but not saying. to mention all, all the goddamn fucking, you know, scalpers, which have always been a part of the industry. Yeah. You know, I mean, goddamn Bikini Kill. You know, Bikini Kill came out. They're going to play two or three shows and all of it went to fucking scalpers, or at least most of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and um, Tim was saying earlier, you know, Lars is uh, drum wise now. It's not he's not great, but the, their live show, there's the live show is still amazing. Oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. they put on such an amazing show. Lars. Yeah. It's so good. So good. Yeah. You just sort of like you, you definitely you, go to a Super Bowl. I mean, you don't laugh at it, but you kind of like it's part of the experience is kind of seeing Lars do his Lars things. And it's like, you know, I've never, yeah. I mean, I've never not. What have I seen Metallica for? Not that many times live, maybe four, hmm. but every time it was like, pff, yeah, fucking god damn, it was good. Yeah, you know, yeah. they're a live yeah, band. Yeah. I mean, that's hey, I, I've never seen Metallica, I've never seen Megadeth, and I've what? never seen Slipknot. Well, surprise, uh, twice, I think. Although I'm trying to see them in September. Of all those, I, I would recommend Metallica the most. Yeah, <laughs> if you can, that would be expensive now, but yeah. but they're they're I mean, such they're a good really live good. band. I mean, and they always do something different too. Like their stage show, they always they always impress. Like it's something something new each time. So it's really cool. I mean, even what uh, Greg and Rob, when we had them on here, and they said the same thing. Like they went and saw Metallica on the Death Magnetic tour, and, yeah. and they're blown away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, it's like, that was fucking awesome. And like the songs yeah. that they didn't think were that good, they heard them live, like, oh, these songs are actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> so. And they're touring with Ghost right now, aren't they? In Europe, of course. Yeah, of course, in yeah. Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Naturally. God, can you imagine that show? Yeah. Jesus. I <laughs> picked Well, I mean, you. You oh, all yeah, of you saw Ghost with Iron Maiden, which mm-hmm. okay, oh, maybe yes. it's not Metallica, but uh, can you complain? No, that was. Probably I don't know. I'm not, I'm not complaining. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I saw Ghost with Ghost. Yeah, <laughs> that was even that was great. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All right. Well, 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 well. Where's the doors to play us out, Eric? <laughs> oh, hold on a second. Like this should be the some twenty dead Indians on. on the dead no, end dieway. It's uh, uh, I know what song I'd play if I'm going to play something off that album. Is that it's it's my favorite. Well, it's pretty muggy dead Indians. in Virginia, I bet. So maybe you want to play some of the, some yeah. of that. Where is it? Hold on, I gotta find it. God, you're sexy when you're looking for albums. <laughs> Jim Morris, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> The Quiet Storm. Is this I think this is it. No, this is it. This is wow, it. I'm sick of doubt. Live in the light of certain south cruel bindings. The servants have the power. Dog men and their mean women pulling poor blankets. So many memories, Keith. Lots of drugs. <laughs> Don't tell my friends. Allegedly. allegedly. Yeah, uh, no, never mind. I want roses Just remember it's drug. It'll wear off. Dig. Royal babies, rubies must now Best advice ever strangers <laughs> in the mud. We love pizza with mushrooms. These mutants will blood meal for the plant that's plowed. Waiting to take us into the severed garden. You know how pale and wanton thrillful comes death in a strange hour, unannounced, unplanned for, like a scaring, over-friendly guest you've brought to bed. Death makes angels of us all and gives us wings where we had shoulders smooth as raven's claws. money, no more fancy dress, this other kingdom seems by far the best, until its other jaw reveals incest and loose obedience to a vegetable law. I will not go, prefer a feast of friends to a giant family.